Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 385. Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, alongside Johnny V. Here we are, second show of the year, and already, already making special cases and exemptions and, and considerations for none other. Yeah, I guess. For none other than the Dickersons. In just a few moments, we're going to have Chris and Brittany Dickerson. Brittany they're, and Chris Dickerson. Thank you. Yes, we got to get that all correct. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be joining us. We're going to talk about the uh, the big news that dropped today. And I, I know we kind of teased it out last week. We ultimately saw Chris say that he was stepping away from Prodigy. That left everyone hanging for just a few days. And here we are, fast forward, and uh, earlier today, right on, what is it, January 11th, the big announcement came in, a four-year deal, and we'll get into some of those details. Other big stuff happening, of course, in disc golf. We'll talk about some of those things that are going on that have taken place in the last week. And I know this Dickerson news is big deal, but so was the 19th annual Jubilee down in the C-tier, Fairhope, Alabama, that I had the pleasure of filming for the weekend. So, of course, I'm going to give a full recap on that. Oh, nobody can wait. I mean... Should we should we open? Should we lead with that story? Just for like a half hour or so, <laughs> maybe maybe I mean maybe forty minutes. I did have an incredible time, and I will break that all down much later. But without further ado, we're going to welcome in our very special guest tonight. We of course have Brittany and Chris Dickerson coming in from Tennessee. Oh, do we hear a cat too? Some cats, some dogs. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome, guys. How are you doing? Good. How about you? Good. Um, you know, there's so much talk of contracts and, and money, real money, flying around in disc golf. And now you're certainly part of that conversation, as you should be, as one of the best players in the world. But, man, what what's your day been like? Um, you know, a lot of notifications, a lot of messages. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you've responded to all of them? <laughs> um, 
Someone did. Brittany has tried <laughs> to respond to a lot of people. And I also tried to respond and we ended up sending a couple messages to the same person saying basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's get a few things. Uh, I don't want to say settled. We'll get a few things straight right out well, there. Let, well, first of all, let's introduce everybody because that's some... what I was doing. Oh, all right. Go. Yeah. I was going to say last week, uh, you know, we had Ricky and then Ricky's tour manager, Ari. And she helps in a lot of capacities. You guys have seen her out there. Tonight, uh, again, another kind of unique situation. We've got, of course, Chris, who just signed, but then uh, Chris's wife here, Brittany. And Brittany, not only are you this great support system and, and help and uh, wife of Chris's, but you're also a disc golf pro tour photographer and doing a whole bunch of other things. So let's mm-hmm. let's get started there. What has it been like for you to f- be on the tour full time, jumping in and because we see a lot of different relationships out there. You guys are married, so what does this mean for you? Yeah, so I came on the road with Chris in late 2018. Uh, we had just bought the camper, and the goal was for me to just make his life easier, where he could just play disc golf and um, yeah, enjoy that. So. I basically kept doing that all of 2019. And then when 2020 happened, I realized I wasn't going to be able to be on the course with Chris. And I was also kind of um, trying to fill a void of what am I doing with my life? Like I don't have a a purpose, I felt like. Um, So I started doing photography for Prodigy and I did that all of 2020. And then... uh, for some reason, the Pro Tour ended up meeting a photographer for 2021, which what actually happened was Alyssa decided that she wanted to be involved, but on a not location-dependent basis. Uh, so we kind of struck a deal that she would edit for me, and I would take the pictures, and it all worked out beautifully where um, she helped me grow my photography skills a lot in 2021, and I was able to get all of my own equipment Um, So moving forward, I am going to be going back to doing only off-course photography so that I can be with Chris again during his rounds. Um, So I'll be doing little things on the side and mostly just going back to being a good social media manager and all of that thing stuff. Yeah. So to, to, I guess, uh, follow that up a little more... And again, you guys have a very different relationship than, say, last week uh, with Ricky and Ari in that you're married. Are are you officially or unofficially then? Would you consider yourself uh, his tour manager? Or, I mean, of course, your wife first, but is she. Okay, Chris is Chris, Chris is not the question yes. with a big nod to the yes that, uh, that Brittany is the tour manager. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Do you. Do you feel like you guys need more people? Not at the moment. We've had um, people reach out and ask, um, like, if they could run a social media or do these things. And it, I guess for me, it just doesn't make sense to pay someone for something that I have, like, a background in and that I now have time to do that I'm not going to be on the course next year. Well, and it sounds like, based on the uh, post that was made today, that Discraft is going to be uh, supporting you in a lot of other ways now with helping build your brand, Chris. is that Does that help uh, relieve some of the stress off of Brittany? Is that, what's, uh, what, what does the future look like for that? 
Um, yeah, just like, um, for example, we have been working on a logo the past uh, few days, and I think we have kind of nailed it down. Uh, we've come to one that I think we all kind of feel good about. So that should be popping up within the next, what, what would you say, week or so? Uh, I don't know when exactly, but yeah, we finally have one and we're going from there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the logo plays into um, that and so does like what she was talking about, the social media. And yeah, I think it's going to look good going forward. So you, you've recently made this move from Prodigy to Discraft. You signed into you, you signed a contract one year about one year ago, uh, or maybe a little longer than that, for renewal. What has changed in the last year that has now had you guys pursue a different avenue? I think you've obviously seen a lot of disc golfers moving seats this off season. And I think that we're just all constantly like growing and evolving as humans and just trying to find our home and where our place is. And, um, we're, we're feeling like this is home and we're just really grateful right now. and really excited. You know, there was a multi-year agreement uh, that you had with Prodigy. Here you're signing into uh, what everyone read as a four-year agreement. Does Do you at all hesitate or get nervous thinking about longer uh, agreements, whether it's three, four, five years? Uh, was there any thought? Well, of course there was thought. But what were some of your thoughts with regard to a length of contract? Um, <clears throat> kind of similar to... Uh Paul's agreement. So he signed, um, I think his first deal with Discraft was um, a million over four years. And um, that didn't go the full term. They renegotiated, uh, I think it was after the first year. I think it was after two, two well, and a half. Well, either one. Uh, so it didn't go the full term. They renegotiated. So, um, yeah, we I did sign for four years. So, you know, maybe they'll go the full term. Maybe the contract will be renegotiated um, before then. But either way, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're both really confident in how Mike and Bob take care of everything. And we know that they definitely have our best interests at heart. And, you know, his contract doesn't have like a limit on his earning potential. So it's really it's going to be good. <laughs> So getting into a few of those details, and of course, as always, share whatever you can or you're comfortable with. Everybody wants to know, but what exactly goes into a contract of this nature, um, you know, and, and what was most appealing to you? But what goes into a contract like this? Give, can you give any specifics? Um, I think for us, it was just sitting down with Mike and Bob and talking about what we wanted and needed in a contract. And to our surprise, they were like, here you go. Here's everything that you asked for, plus a little more. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's just, you know, based on individual needs. Like, obviously, some people wouldn't. <laughs> There's Sam for you. There's Sam. <laughs> Oh, Sam, don't worry. You'll be taken care of as well. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, it has to feel good to know, to have someone, we saw the video, we saw, you know, Paul greet you at the airport or however it was, and then bring you over to the, to the Discraft uh, 
uh, warehouse. It has to feel good to know that someone like Paul has the confidence in Discraft. And as you said, he renegotiated for what I think everybody would argue better terms after two and a half years. Discraft wasn't sitting with him and saying, well, let's count out your last two years. They decided to re-up. So that had to instill some confidence in you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Is it... Uh, clearly, your fierce competitors, and on any given weekend, you're beating him. Does it feel at all weird to join a team where you have one of the best players of all time, and knowing you're going up and trying to beat him every single weekend? Is that is there any kind of awkwardness there? Um, no, I don't think so. Because you know, disc golf um, is an individual sport. It's, you know, we are on teams and, you know, the majority of us share like friendships, relationships with our teammates. Um, so whenever it comes time to a tournament, Paul's out there to beat me. I'm out there to beat Paul. And, you know, that's just, that's why we play the sport is to win and, you know, give it our all. So I don't expect anything less whenever it comes tournament time. So, yeah, um, we represent the same team, but on the course we're trying to represent the team to the best of our abilities, and by doing that, that's, you know, competing for the win. So let's talk a little bit about this contract, um, or at least like kind of what Terry was saying, what you can talk about it. What does it all include? We've seen a lot of things, a lot of different things for manufacturers these days. Everything from your own custom line of discs to tour stamps to travel you know, stipend. Travel stipend. And... Uh, it sounded like, from what I read, you guys got an RV. Is that what? Uh, can you talk a little bit about the RV and talk about what your contract over the next, we'll just say, four years is going to include? Yeah. So we were previously traveling in our travel trailer and our truck. And we actually are, we got stuck at a rest area Mm -hmm. uh, last year because our truck blew a fuel line. Yep. Fuel line busted. Um, So it's an older truck. It's a 2001 and it was getting to the point where I realized we were going to need a new tour vehicle. Uh, So we discussed that with Mike and Bob, but that was something that we planned to do on our own. We never expected them to be like, here's an RV, but um it's the one that I think Chandler and Tim Barham were in a couple years ago. So it's like 31 and a half feet long. It's a class A. It's, um, it's really nice inside. We're super excited about it. Um, Discraft is paying for all the expenses involved with it. Um, so that's obviously very huge for us just to have that peace of mind and be like, here is something for you to travel in and for your family to be comfortable. Um, And I've noticed that they do that with several players. You can tell they really want everyone to feel comfortable in their own way on the road. Um, So that was a huge thing for me alone. Yeah. And so to, the first thing when I think about our players traveling around, whether it's in a, a converted van or a, a fifth wheel or whatever, I think about some of the we'll, we'll just say the uh, gas in, uh, the gas expenditures 
And the fact that Discraft is essentially giving you uh, this unit to travel around and is taking care of the maintenance and of uh, the cost to get it from point A to point B, I think alone is just incredible. Um, And some may say, well, that seems obvious, but maybe it hasn't been for all of these years. You know, Disc Golf is certainly growing into those kind of relationships. did you now? Did you displace anyone from their home? Did you have to kick out anyone? Did you come in like was Chandler like, still in there? Yeah, like, hey, can you pack up your stuff? The Dickersons are moving in. Uh. No, actually, when we started contract negotiations with them, they were like, "Well, we have this Class A, which is what you were wanting anyway, and it's just been sitting here for a year, so it kind of just worked out perfectly." Mm-hmm. Very nice. Now, Paul specifically has talked about uh, contracts becoming public, becoming um, kind of helping set a standard, raise a bar, all, all of those types of things with numbers being out there. Do you guys feel like it's... it's? <laughs> I know how Sam feels. Uh, do you feel like the numbers that everybody wants to know, do you feel like those are, in fact, should be public information? And do you care about sharing them, or do you feel like that's private information for only you guys to worry about? Um, me personally, I've always been like a private individual. I don't like talking about money publicly and stuff like that. Um, I do think we're getting to the point where uh, contracts should be at least somewhat public. That way, you know, within the industry, um, you should know like how, how you would compare. Um, for example, let's say, um, goodness. Um, (laughs) so let's say, um, two players are, you know, competing for the win at these big tournaments, um, every weekend and they, they don't know, what one or the other is making, you know, one could be making a million dollars a year. The other one could be making $500,000 a year. And if they're competing on the same level, um, all that is, you know, is, um, I feel like if, the, if they're similar skill level and they have the same like, uh, accomplishments and stuff like that, or at least similar, they probably should be getting paid somewhat similar. So, if one is getting half of what the other one is and they are, you know, basically the same, they're playing about the same, um, you know, I feel like that's a problem because correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's happening in the NFL and the NBA. No, uh, as far as, as far as on the court or field, I, I think we know because of the way NBA and NFL contracts and teams work, they've got salary caps and such, so which means all of that all of that contract information is more or less public knowledge. And when you get into mm-hmm. sponsorships like you you know, you know, we don't necessarily know LeBron's exact deal with Nike versus Westbrook's exact deal with Nike or or Giannis's um Actually, I think Giannis is on Adidas. I don't know. Anyway, we don't necessarily know those exact details, but as far as the um, on the field numbers, those are very public because they almost they almost have to be in order to make sure everyone's meeting salary caps and things like that. So, yeah, and I just I guess my follow up to that would be then, uh, where does that information 
start to come from? Is that players talking to one another? Is that uh, a manufacturer saying, hey, here's what we're now paying player X and and paying player Y? How do you feel like those conversations come about? How do they come up now even to give yourself any kind of gauge? Because I feel like there's a huge discrepancy between what player X is making versus player A right now. And like you said, they might be competing for the same win, you know, week in and week out. And there's huge discrepancies. How how do those conversations even come about to to learn these things? Uh, I feel like right now, we're at a point where a lot of players are not allowed to talk about their contracts. Mm. And so that, um, you know, keeps that communication from happening. So players don't know how they compare to other players. Um, so whenever Paul, you know, comes out with his contract, uh, getting a million dollars over uh, every year, over 10 years, um, I think that allowed for uh, the next big contract to come up like Ricky. So I do think that, you know, Paul, his contract allowed for another big contract. And so I think both of those contracts are going to continue to open the door and allow, you know, the next one and then the one after that. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll continue to get these larger contracts and that will continue to get more and more public. Um, So, you know, you should be able to kind of compare yourself um, and see like where you're at, where you rank. So, and, yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, certainly. And one of the things that tends to be in part of the these deals is tour series discs. Now, you're walking into Discraft and kind of getting the best Discraft disc that might have ever been made. I might be biased. I have a, a rack of first-run buzzes over there. But uh, how did that come about? Because we Paige Pierce had it last year. She declined it on my understanding declined it this year or maybe there was some extra knowledge ahead of time but she went with one of her series discs for her for her uh tour series what do how, how do you walk in and get the uh the top slot um i think i just got lucky honestly <laughs> um whenever you know the the those talks came up um it just happened to be Unchosen. It wasn't luck, though. When we sat down with him and started talking about what his disc would be, you know, Mike made it very clear that a buzz, the buzz is a disc that you have to earn to have in Discraft. And when they followed that up with, and we feel like you have earned it, you know, that was really special for us both to hear. Yeah, you're not you didn't you didn't get like the MRV or anything from my <laughs> 2001. So congratulations on the buzz, by the way. I I bought five myself today, so I'm pretty happy. Um, I, again, I'm I'm a buzz guy, so uh, it, it's uh, I'm excited to see what your new stamp is, honestly, because the the robot chicken one that went out today was nice. But I'm I'm really looking forward to the what's it, whatever kind of logo you're going to be able to throw on them. Did did, did you yeah. negotiate at all for like the the return of the typhoon? The Marauder, Cyclone, maybe. <laughs> Any of those? Did you? Did you? An Eclipse? Have you thrown an Eclipse? Um, Tracer. I haven't thrown an Eclipse. <laughs> I've I've thrown an X Clone before. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> um, 
We actually have one. My dad used to play in college, mm-hmm. and he gave us all of his like collector discs. So we actually have an X clone from a long time. Ago. Yeah, we've got an X clone. I think uh, there's a hawk. Yeah. Um, so you never know. There might be a premium plastic X clone coming out. I, my, that was my first Ace was an X clone, so yeah. I, I'd be all over it. I've, I've got a box of them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely awesome. Thing. <laughs> funny thing, my very first Ace was with a. I think it was an Elite X. I might have gotten the plastic wrong, but uh, it's an Avenger. We found it yesterday, right? Uh Uh-huh. Very first ace. Okay. Well, that actually kind of touches on a question that I had in the back of my head, which was talk a little bit about, you know, most players or almost the world knows you, obviously, as a prodigy player. Talk about your early days. What were you throwing? And then, um, you know how quickly did you get sponsored you know kind of break that down for us because your history is not nearly as long as a paul McBath or some of the other players that we've seen right um yeah i've been playing i think 10 years this year and uh, i wish i could say you know i've been playing longer because that would just be more fun uh, <laughs> that's one thing i enjoy to do is just play so um yeah whenever i started playing like everyone else just more than likely a mixed bag and I had all different kinds of things in there, but I do remember, um, throwing a buzz. I do remember throwing a zone. Um, I know there were some more challengers. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know, those were like the staples back then, but Mm -hmm. there were more that switched in and out. I think, Maybe a force came in and out of the bag, but yeah. Um, the buzz that I actually had right before um, I got sponsored has went back into the bag. So mm. it's, a, it's a really old disc. Okay. Those, uh, those are the best. Uh, now, did yep. you, uh, in, in speaking to those, were when you got started, were you throwing a mixture of uh, of other brands as well? You probably threw some in of a disc at some point. Was there a, a full mix of everything? Yeah, for the most part, it was just a lot of stuff across the board. So you're, no, I guess, well, there's, and the board is blowing up asking the exact same question. So I guess we'll get to it now and maybe keep them a little quieter. You're, you're known for being a putter. When you walk into Discraft, how do you choose your putter? Do you just walk, leave with like five of every putter? Uh, you know, you got challengers and focuses and APXs and putters, P-U-T-T-R, yep, or possibly yep. R. Yeah, um, hot item. Yep. Exactly. It's very hot. The, you know, maybe the uh, the the thumb track one, the, uh, the putter. How do you decide what kind of putter you're going to use? Do you talk to Paul and be like, this is kind of what I like? Or do you just take a bunch home and practice with them? And then what are you going to putt with? So the way I approached it was um, I got an idea in my head what, you know, should the putter flight be like for me? You know, everybody has their personal preference, whether it's a a super straight disc, whether it's a disc that has a lot of fade or it has a slight fade or um, a lot of glide, not so much glide, just, you know, a lot of different things factor in. Um, For me, I do like a putter with a little bit of fade on it. So my first instinct was um, the Challenger OS mm-hmm. and got one, started practicing with that a little bit. And um, 
you know, I, I thought I was liking it, but it was in uh, it was in CT plastic. So I like stiffer putters, but not like the stiffest putters ever. Um, so I kind of got away from that. I worked with a few more. Um, didn't really like the flight. It, it didn't line up with what I was looking for. And then I got a hold of some putter line uh, Challenger OSs, and those are – those are doing it right now. So um, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting to use those. All right. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see because when someone's so proficient at putting like yourself, it's going to open everyone else's eyes to, oh, hey, this is, you know, this is his tool that he's going to. And yeah, it, it should be exciting for a lot of people. Of course, Discraft has got to be excited about the idea of, hey, here's another uh, one of our runs that may get some new exposure. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else on the team that's using that particular putter that you know of? Uh, off the top of my head, I can only think of one, and that's Chandler Fry. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then when you're taking a look at the plastics, the molds, of course, since way back when, before you were sponsored, uh, there's been you know quite an evolution of the discs that have come along. What what is jumping out at you? And I don't need a full in the bag, but what are some of the, the things that you feel like are jumping out at you right now that will likely make it in your bag in one form or another? Let's see. Um, so the staples right now are the Force, the Undertaker, the Buzz, the Zone. Um, then there are more... Um, that I have a pretty good idea that they're going to make the the bag but like you said you don't want to entire in the bag so i will say the buzz i'm very excited about um the undertaker also very excited about and uh i mean the force and the uh the zone are you know two great discs so uh, i would say those four are like the ones that i'm really looking forward to is there a particular run of the buzz or plastic of the buzz that you're really liking right now? Is it like the Z, the X, the, you know, crystal flex? I don't know. The Discraft has a, a lot of different versions or whatever. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm kind of messing around with the Z, the ESP, and the titanium. Um, I don't know which one is my favorite between the Z and the ESP. Um for, for me, uh, the titanium seems like it's a little more understable than the other two, so um, maybe better for woods and, um, you know, holding straighter longer, maybe even uh, hazard flip to turnover shots, depending on how beat in it gets. Um, so, yeah, still working at it, but uh, I really like the Z and the ESP so far. Excellent. So, Brittany, I've got to ask, <laughs> uh, since I don't see you out there playing often, um, do you, do you sense, is, is it newborn excitement for you? I mean, the contract is great and, and the new, uh, you know, some of the new things that go along with it, but do you sense and feel the excitement, uh, for Chris in terms of like this, just this whole new adventure that obviously you're going to be, you know, intimately involved with? Do you sense that? Do you feel that? Yeah. I mean, it's been fun just to go watch him play and just he'll throw a disc for the first time and he's like, yes, that's how I want it to fly. He just gets so excited. Um, so yeah, that's been really cool just to 
just to see him go through this new journey. It's been it's been really exciting. One of the things that you have been very vocal about in the past Hello. is your trap. Hello? Hello? Did we lose you? Hi. We see you. Can you hear are, us? Are you there? <laughs> oh, we're oh. here now. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, one of the things that you guys have been very vocal about in the past is your travel. And now you have an RV. You always kind of said going out to the West Coast didn't make a lot of financial sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably, even if you, unless you win the event, you're probably not going to break even on the trip. Is this going to change? I mean, do, do the numbers that you're now seeing fr- from your contract, does that change your perspective on a West Coast trip? Because ultimately the bottom line doesn't change. You're probably not still not making money, but does it soften the blow? Are you are you going to change your, uh, your tour plans to go out West <clears throat> now with the RV? Yeah, so we are going to go to the All-Star. So we're leaving for nine weeks at the beginning of February. Um, our previous longest trip was eight. So, um, yes, we are going to Vegas for the first time. We'll be there for Disc Golf Con and the tournament. We're also going to be in Arizona. I actually don't know where the All-Star event is yet, for sure. But I don't know if anybody does uh, yet. <laughs> it's only a month away. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we are still not going, and I know people are going to be upset about this, we're still not going to Stockton uh, OTB open and we're mm. not going to what's the other one? Portland? Portland, Portland, Beaver state. Yeah. It's just, I think our sports getting to a point where we're going to have to start picking our tournaments, you know, um, the pro tour only takes your, your points for your 10 best. Mm-hmm. So why would you go to every single one? You know? So for us, if we don't go to those two tournaments, we get a month and a half to two months at home for skipping two events. So why would we bother, you know, mm-hmm. um, driving out to Vegas and all that makes sense because we loop out and then we come back home, but that doesn't make sense to drive all the way to California, then Oregon, then drive straight back home. Um, yeah, no, it makes sense. I've I've said on the show multiple times that the the Pro Tour card with as many events as we have, whether it's going to be fourteen or sixteen or eighteen in the future, if they're only going to take ten, it might start making sense for your Pro Tour card your Pro Tour card to only cover ten events, and then let the top players pick the ten they want to go to, and then start filling the rest with players. So with other players that maybe are on the up and coming, uh, that's you know that that's really good uh to know that uh, what your schedule is going to look like well and to follow it up you guys are also chris due to your stellar play you don't necessarily need to hit all of the events you don't need to pull from uh you know you're if you're skipping you know silver series events that's likely not going to impact you know where you finish throughout the year uh at a huge level so um you know some people need to go to every event plus the silver series just to scrape into the end of the year championships chris uh <laughs> the ones he does show up for uh finishes really well so you're 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 setting yourself up in a great way for that. I guess good play will do that. I don't know. Contracts. Jeez. Yeah, I think we're only going to two silver series. Okay. And it's just because it makes sense on our nine week trip or we would just be sitting there doing nothing. But we're also not going to Europe. Um I was actually talking to someone, I think from Finland a couple of days ago, and they were telling me the restrictions are getting more 
So mm-hmm. again, um, we also don't really have someone to watch Sam when we fly right now. So that's a big concern for us that we have to think about because he's our child. But um, I don't want to go to some, a place I've never been and have to worry about getting stuck there to quarantine or mm-hmm. something crazy happening. So I really, I really want to go to European Open, but it's not going to happen this year. And hopefully it'll happen soon no, and that makes sense. And the way things are going in the world right now, I mean, we're in January. Who knows what's going to be in June or July? I mean, things could be much better or they could be much worse. So it's uh, and those are decisions you need to start making soon if you want to not pay a ton of cash for <laughs> yeah. for plane flights. Uh, now, uh, Chris, you've said it before and you, you alluded to it earlier, even tonight. You you just love to play golf. It, it seems like find me a field. Uh, as in a, com- a competition or a competitive field, and and sanction it however you want. I'm just ready to play golf. Is that going to slow down at all? Um, it'll slow down a little bit. Last year, I think I played the uh, the fewest tournaments that I have uh, in one year to this date. Um, besides, obviously, like I think my first year of playing, I played two events in 2013. Teen, mm-hmm. um, maybe one of those fell under uh, my PDGA number. I think I played the first one without it. But, um, you know, for example, I signed up for a C tier today in uh, Knoxville at the end of the month. So um, I'm itching to get back out and to play. Um, I'm excited to, you know, learn these new discs. And um, I think. You know, that's that's a smart thing to do is play a couple tournaments or at least one. See how, you know, your discs are going to fly. Uh, obviously, practicing, you are going to have a good idea. But whenever it comes to tournament, you know, nerves kick in. Um, more times than not, you'll see, like, worse conditions during a tournament than all of your practice rounds you've ever played on that course. Um, so... Yeah, just putting yourself in a tournament situation and uh, trusting the disc to do what they've done in practice. So, yeah, I think playing a few tournaments before, let's say, like your first big one of the year, uh, it's a smart thing to do. But well, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, like I mentioned earlier, I just love playing, so <laughs> I'm going to play as many as I can. And I I think back to a couple years ago when when Paul Macbeth went to Discraft, and I feel like I try to ask it of every player that makes a major shift like this. Do you give yourself any grace period? Do you, and and you kind of are touching on that, do you feel like, hey, I'm going to let myself get comfortable with these discs and, you know, maybe I don't win or don't perform quite as, as to my potential, but do you give yourself any grace period or do you feel like, hey, by the end of January, I, I should still be able to win this tournament that I'm going to go play in in the C tier? Um, I'm going to say no to the grace period. I think, you know, whenever you get those discs, um, for example, I picked up a disc today from the local store. Uh, we went out and ate dinner, and by the time it, we were done, it was like 45 minutes to an hour before sunset, and I went right back out to the course to practice out uh, practice throwing that specific disc that I got today. Um, so I think whenever you receive those discs and you start practicing with those, um, 
me personally, I'm going to put in as much practice as I can to learn those discs, to get those flights down to, um, you know, so I know exactly what the disc is going to do every time. Um, so I've had a couple months to kind of get an idea, um, since the last tournament of, uh, 2021. <clears throat> so yeah, not much of a grace period. I don't think, um, well, it sounds like you're I'm, a no I'm excuses into, kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going into the next tournament and I expect to play, you know, on the same level. Uh, will that happen? I guess we'll see, <laughs> but, um, that's where my expectations are is, you know, to pick up exactly where I left off, if not better. And if I don't, I'm just going to practice even harder to get back to where I was or above that. Yeah. And, and kind of, we'll say the blunt answer that somebody would throw out, I think in the comments is they just say, well, it's your job and it is, but that doesn't, everyone still struggles. You know, your first day at at a new job doesn't necessarily mean you're going to pick up everything and be off and running. Clearly you're a skilled thrower, but there's still some nuances to you know learning every individual disc, and then for for people like you, I mean, how do you feel about working in a disc? Because you're going to have discs that are obviously flying different when they're brand new versus when they get worked in. What are, are you throwing any against a, a tree or a wall or anything like that, or are you just going to let them all naturally wear in? How, how are you going to go about that process? Um. That's a good question because I, I did that today. Um, <laughs> yes. Specifically, so I have a meteor that I'm trying mm-hmm. out for hauser flip to turn shots. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a little more stable than what I like or what I would like for that shot. But that's a good thing because, you know, you can always beat a disc in. You can't stable up a disc. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I realized, you know, it's not doing what I wanted it to um, I need to hit some trees with it. So I picked out a pretty good grouping of trees um, on one (laughs) hole. They were probably 75 feet or so away. Um, I threw it. I split every single tree. I didn't touch a thing. (laughs) You're too damn good. Stop. It's the meteor. (laughs) It's not Chris. It's the meteor. Well, I mean, I I was trying to hit the trees and I missed them. Uh, so I picked it up, I I threw some more shots and I got down to that disc in my bag and I was like, okay, I'm going to hit these trees. They're, they're good sized trees. I'm going to hit them. I threw it again. I hit the same exact gap and I didn't touch a tree, but you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to beat that disc in. Uh, I'll get to, you know, right up on the tree if I need to. And, um, that's how I've beat some discs in, in the past, uh, Throwing them and letting them beat in naturally is good, but if you need to get a disc to uh, very understable quickly, nothing uh, like some hard throws into a tree, a T-pad, or whatever else you have. See, Chris is lucky because I, much like you many years ago, I did the same thing with a Meteor. I loved it. It was just a touch stable, and I thought, well, if I just hit a tree or two, which I'm more prone to do than you are probably— and I had it flying perfect for about two weeks, and then you hit one more tree, and now you're like, "Oh man, that's." But I don't think you have that is nearly as bad of an issue as I do with that. Um, 
So, yeah, you have 1045 rated problems. Oh, I couldn't hit a tree even when I was trying yeah, I to. I couldn't hit a tree if I tried. <laughs> Gosh. Jeez. So with with the new contract, you guys are in a, a relatively new house. You've been there for, is it over a year now or not quite? Okay. We moved in in May in when May. we finished construction, yeah. And you, the, the house is probably to your liking for the most part. Is there anything with the new contract that you can now look at and be like, well, I think we can afford the uh, the, the the nicer you know couch that we wanted. Do you, are you going to get any extra amenities for the house? No, we we built an eight hundred and six square foot house, um, and it was a custom house. So, like the island that we're sitting at right now, Sam's crate is also inside of it, and it has like a little barn door. So, there's a bunch of little custom things that we had done. I wanted a small, nice house. Um, and we bought all new furniture before we moved in. Um, there's a few things our builder has to come back and fix. Uh, but besides that, yeah, the house is the house is good. I built a small house, so I couldn't put a bunch of stuff in it. And we're both very frugal and like to save and invest and do smart things with our money. Um, well, any I guess Bitco- this would be any a- Bitcoin. I mean, is that was that part Not of the yet. deal? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> talk, talk to Ricky; he'll get you set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess this would be a Smashbox exclusive. We we did buy a car to tow behind our new RV. Tell uh, me, it's is it a Mustang? No. Um, <laughs> Nobody be, tows a Mustang to to... ever. I've never in my life seen you someone can't. tow a Mustang. I know. I I just know Brittany has uh, you know very particular taste when it comes. They both have particular taste of the cars. Go on, go on. He's referring to worlds. Yeah. Um, we had a beautiful CX nine rental car, and Chris found something wrong with it and took it back the next morning and got a Mustang. Um, but anyways, yes, we got a. 2019 Toyota Corolla. It is a manual transmission so that we could flat tow it with all four wheels on the ground. Okay. Okay. Um, Paul and Hannah have been a huge help with trying to find a vehicle, answering all of our silly questions. Um, We were actually looking at 2020 Corollas and pretty close to buying one. And I was texting with Paul about, um, I think I asked him when you flat toe, does it like put miles on the odometer? And he sent me this little thing from Toyota's website and the 2020s that are manual transition transmissions are not flat towable. Oh. <laughs> so we would have been in big trouble. So we ended up finding a 2019 um, through CarMax and they shipped it to our local CarMax. So yeah, we're super happy with it. Mm. Carmax, not a sponsor of Smashbox yet. No, but, but they could be. If, if they want to be. All right. So Toyota Corolla 2019. <laughs> okay. Okay. And and you guys already know this. Like shopping for new and used cars is just a whole nother world right now than what it was, you know, a year or two years ago, obviously due to the microchip shortage and all that other madness. But it's it's pretty crazy out there shopping around. Now, do you envision that being attached literally everywhere you go pretty much this year or will that be on the the longer or the shorter trips when when will you be pulling it yeah we will we're taking the rv everywhere this year um and we are taking the car in this week to get fitted for all the things that it needs to be able to be towed behind the rv so yeah it'll go everywhere because yeah we have to leave the rv plugged in for everywhere so so for Johnny, who's not familiar with RV driving and all the details, what class A, 
stipulations, special permits, uh, license. What do you both have one? What's required? What's not? Break it down for us. So you don't have to have a special type of license for an RV that I know of anyway. Um, I believe that you have to get your CDLs whenever you are, um, what's the way to put it? Maybe transporting goods and stuff like that. So obviously Mm. tractor trailers, you have to have a CDL. I think maybe even bus drivers, I I would assume bus drivers of, uh, all sizes, um, need their CDLs, um, just certain stipulations. But yeah, I think no matter really the size of the RV or even a a fifth wheel pull behind trailer, I don't think you need any kind of special license. At least I haven't been notified of that or anything. (laughs) No one's caught us yet. So we're good. (laughs) Don't worry. The the state trooper will notify you if needed. They will certainly know. Uh, does that, will that impact who's driving or does that normally fall in the, I'll say the the shoulders or the the foot of one or the other of you. Yes, um, one of us will be driving ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> I will probably take the wheel only on the interstate and only if he has to get up and go pee. Okay, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, driving the RV home, I noticed um, it, it's a decent amount wider than the uh, truck and trailer that we were pulling. Mm. Um, there's only about a foot to a foot and a half on each side uh, in between the lines. So um, it took a little bit of getting used to. You said you got flipped off within 20 minutes. <laughs> I probably did. Um, so yeah, anybody that's driven to Michigan, that's from, you know, another state, um, you know, they put a lot of salt on the roads up there mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that doesn't react the best. It eats away at the roads. It's the worst roads um, ever. They're not the best roads. Mm-hmm. So that mixed with, uh, driving a beer, a bigger vehicle and getting used to it. Um, you know, probably <laughs> didn't stay inside the lanes a hundred percent of the time. Uh, I like to think of it as, you know, they were just waving. But um, congratulating you. Like, hey, look, yeah. it, there's the Dickerson. Yeah. Like, oh, look, the Discraft RV. Well, he did. So he went up there by himself. He flew up and drove the RV home. And um, we had, I don't know, three to five people message us and say, like, hey, I saw you on the road. Congrats. I won't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to those people. You're Absolutely. amazing. Yep. Y'all did great. Um, yeah, for letting us announce on our own. Um, but yeah, I'm like, you're coming home in a billboard for Discraft. He said these people like pulled up behind him and came around really quick and he like pulled his hood up. Yeah. I I noticed, uh, I just so happened to look in the, uh, the mirror and this car was really close behind. And I was like, you know, that's kind of odd. And then they got over and they were just like slowly creeping up. So I had a hoodie on, I pulled the hood up and kind of like pulled it. (laughs) <laughs> even further on the left side uh, as they passed. But, um, yeah, we, we had a few people reach out and say, like, hey, saw you and congratulations. So thanks to all you all for, uh, you know, being good sports. And Yeah, that 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 is good. And then 
Uh, I was going to say, even like if you had a, a different driver or if Brittany was driving, that wouldn't have helped. Everybody would have known. You guys would almost had to hire somebody totally different. Now, uh, along those lines, uh, obviously, we're in Wisconsin. We're used to some of those conditions you spoke of. But I ended up being kind of late over Friday night into Saturday in Tennessee, in Nashville, due to the snow that you guys got. And somebody somebody told me that usually you guys get a roughly, at least in Nashville, roughly five inches a year, and you, they had gotten six in one night. So clearly Nashville wasn't ready for it. So my question is, what was it like coming down? Now you're driving this massive um, you know, RV. How were the conditions for you? Yeah, so um, in Michigan there was you know snow on the ground already. And leaving, um, besides the roads having potholes and stuff like that, they were clean. Um, there was no snow. There was no ice. Um, let's see, down through Ohio – same thing. There was snow in the grass and stuff like that, but the roads were taken care of. Um, now, once I got into Kentucky, um, <laughs> different story. So we're getting closer to Nashville, like what you were talking. Um, I actually stayed with uh, little Zach uh, mm-hmm. Arlingus, Arlingus. Um Sorry. <laughs> you don't know how to say your friend's no, I, last I name. No, I did, and I corrected myself, obviously. <laughs> so we stayed, I stayed with little Zach, and uh, once, once I left his house and started home, then that's where I ran into uh, the worst road conditions so far. Um, there were three lanes of traffic. Uh, two of the three lanes were not completely covered with ice, but there was solid uh, sections of ice in two out of the three lanes, so... Um, everybody, you know, moved over to the, the cleanest lane and it was moving at a slow pace. But, um, yeah, after a little while roads cleared up again and, you know, it was smooth sailing, but Uh, was it, was it, were you, I mean, you can be in a four wheel drive car and you know, ice doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, were there any scary moments for you? I mean, you were probably slow, but were there, was there anything truly scary? Um, no, the only thing that made me a little nervous was, uh, you know, it wasn't gradual whenever the ice started, you know, showing up on the road. It wasn't like, oh, here's a little bit, here's a little bit, and then it just kept growing and growing. It was just like it got to a certain point, and it was almost like, you know, one county did their job clearing the road. We changed counties, and it's mm. like, ah, we'll just get to it whenever. <laughs> um, it's going to okay. melt tomorrow anyway. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> It there was one part that it just showed up out of the blue, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, what are the odds?" So, you know, slowly and safely make her, make your way way to the the open lane. And okay, yeah. um, good to hear that the travels were safe and that for the most part people cooperated. It sounds like there was a leak or two, but for the most part everybody cooperated, and you guys got to have you know this really. Uh, big moment today. There was, of course, the murmurs and the in the rumors and everything that you know went around. But um, uh, I, I think, by and large, most people were uh, either reaffirmed or even flat out surprised today, which is great. Yeah. Back to the kind of the contract end, or I'll say philosophy. Uh, I feel like you guys, as you said, you're frugal. You you built a brand new house that was intentionally under a thousand square feet, and uh, you you guys don't you, you you don't put off this vibe of uh 
of of bling and worrying about all sorts of other just really ma- ultimately materialistic things. Do you feel like that hurt or helped maybe some negotiating in your contract? Do you feel like you, Chris, you may be qualified for a larger amount, but yet maybe you didn't seek it out because you're not as worried about it? Or am I just making stuff up? Is that possible? You're making it up. You're making it up. Well, I, I would say this. Um, it, sure, maybe it could have been a possibility, but no. Whenever whenever I received the offer from Discraft, uh, I felt like what they gave was a, a very fair offer. And, um, you know, I think you know, being honest is a huge thing. Um, so whenever I felt like this is a very fair offer, I feel like they, they met all the needs that we had asked for. Um, there's no need to ask for more. Um, yeah, I I think going into a relationship and just being honest and not being greedy and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's a great way to start a relationship. I think when you're projecting, you know, seven figures over four years, you can't really complain. No, you can't complain so, at all. Some could, some, that, and that's why I asked. If, if you win the next three world championships, your thought process might change on that fourth year. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we wish you the best of luck with that. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think that, you know, what we watched Discraft do with Paul with updating his contract, if we got to that point, like, we have no doubt that they would absolutely do the same thing for him. So, so you, you... you left your old sponsor, but you also left behind your VII sponsorship. W- was there a particular reason for that? Is this a discraft thing? Because one of the posts you made, you were also, you know, clearing out some of your old clothing, which it included your, you know, what we'll say like iconic red and black plaid. Are, are we going to see anything like that in the future? Is there something else coming up? Uh, fill us in a little bit. Um, we're working on it. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. Things are, um, you know, still kind of falling into place. But um, there there was a reason that we parted ways, and I'm not sure if, you know, I'm, I can really discuss that or not. But um, we'll see what happens, and you all may end up being surprised. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, sounds to me like they're going to buy VII. And mm. become the new owner. I don't think so. Take it over, That's and it. then it's going to be all the. It's all the plaid. Line. Every, yeah. Everybody gets plaid. You want to be sponsored? You have to wear plaid, and you have to wear it to work <laughs> every day. Okay, okay. Um, some would say there, uh, clearly this year, maybe more than ever, because of all these moves, lots of conversation goes into the player. Uh, how you're performing on the field, how you're performing on the course. Uh, you know, as you said, you played the least amount of tournaments this year. It looks like roughly 34. Oh, wow. 34. Uh, Jeez. Boy. I know. You missed a few weekends for, there. For, <laughs> for about $50,000 in payout. Um, but then there's also these uh, all of these sponsors and sponsorship negotiations also look at your social media presence, your overall presence, and, and lots of those factors was there any conversation about um, requirements? Yeah, your, requirements or specific things, or, or, or like you said, are, are, is you're just going to get help with it? Is what does that look like? And yeah, 
I don't think we had any requirements. It's just like, obviously we want his brand to grow and we want to build that and we want him to become as marketable and have as much of a social media presence as we can. So I don't think there were any requirements (laughs) for that, but yeah, it's just, you know, everyone doing their best to get us to the best place possible. Yeah, and obviously if, uh, let's say, if I were to promote myself and um, a sponsor were not to promote me, um, you know, that's only going to get us so far. So same thing. If the if the sponsor were to promote me and I don't do any work, it's only going to get them so far. It's really working hand in hand and just, um, you know, both parties promoting um, not just the player, but the player and the brand. And I think that's where you'll see the most, um, um, income. Yeah. And in, you spoke on, uh, way at the top of the show, you said that your earning potential is, is not capped. It's not limited. What, what are some of the ways that you can earn more money, uh, with Discraft? Lottery tickets. <laughs> um, yeah, if if I take all of my bonuses and I invest those in lottery tickets, um, duh. You know the opportunities are endless. That's right. Um, I mean, everyone are. knows if you buy the entire roll of scratch offs, you're bound to win. Yeah, I mean, you, you're bound to win at least a little bit. Um, right. Yeah. So we we obviously finished his logo stuff today with just picking a design. So very soon we will have like chrisdickerson.com where he'll have apparel and and all of that so that's going to be huge for building his brand obviously um (laughs) and yeah so there's there's a lot of things that we're super excited about yeah um so specifically um and a good example of ways to (laughs) um increase your income by being a sponsored player is to promote yourself, promote your brand. And, um, today was a good kind of uh, way to judge that. Uh, we released the buzz, the special edition buzz, and it seemed like we got a lot of, uh, positive feedback about that. Um, the post getting shared quite a bit, a lot of comments, a lot of interaction on the posts. So, um, Obviously, the more that you get in front of people, uh, the more likely people are to see uh, your products and more likely people are to buy your products. Um, So, yeah, just making yourself more marketable and stuff like that, um, you know, it can't can't really hurt. Are you – I think of a few other players who clearly sponsored by Discraft, maybe even have their own – uh, branding and website. Are there any other sponsorships that you're actively seeking or um, looking for right now? Whether it be a bag or or even you know some of the retailers. You know, we see. I think of Ledstone, which is in a unique scenario in itself because they, of how massive they are. But are there retailers and and other people you're looking to still partner and align with? And if someone is interested, how should they go about reaching out or or talking to you? Yeah, um, there are still a couple more, at least a couple more uh, sponsorship opportunities that um, I'm kind of looking for. And, um, 
We've already secured a bag sponsor, and we'll announce that in a couple of days. Or he, or here. Get out of here. <laughs> I hope it includes a spot for a kitty cat wherever your bag is. Oh. Does it start oh, with I, a U, oh. a G, or a P? I wish I could share a picture with you and not give it away of when we got the bag and my cat slept in it for five days straight. I'm not joking. So it's kitty well, approved. Well, let's let's yeah. do this. When that picture is released, where can they find it? <laughs> yeah, maybe on your Instagram. I guess your Instagram. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, the picture. It, it'll be on Instagram, Facebook, um, those two platforms. But if anyone wants to contact Chris about a sponsorship. You're welcome to do it on Instagram, Facebook. Don't please don't do that. It's it's a mess in there. <laughs> or you can um, email him at Chris Dickerson DG at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, he, okay. So you mentioned bag. Is there anything else that's been officially secured and locked in? So in my example would be, hey, I make a some form of um, rosin rosin slash chalk bag. Do you already have something like that secured or or no? Everything's is everything up in the air. Everything's up for grabs at this point besides the bag and the discs. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I'm just teasing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, seeing the the cat as well, are, is it gonna how how full is the RV gonna be? Is it gonna be big enough, uh, or is this gonna be like Noah's Ark? You know, riding down the uh, <laughs> riding down the interstate. Uh, cats? No, the cats stay home. Cats okay. stay home. Um, thankfully, we're on the same property as my mom now mm-hmm. um and we have a screen porch which they love so she lets them out there pretty pretty regularly and you know is able to come check on them and we actually are getting i'm calling her our house manager to kind of help us when we're gone for like nine weeks at a time so just do some like light cleaning and take care of the cats and go through our mail and just things where I'm not coming home from a nine week trip where we leave two days later and trying to do everything. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, I put, now I lost my thought. Sorry. Where was I going to go with that? I don't know. Um, something about, I don't remember. Anyway. Um, any anything out of the ordinary I, for the twenty twenty two season? I know you talked about the events that you're going to, the few that you're going to miss. Is there anything that's I'm going to say like just what we wouldn't expect, or are, are you are you going to miss one relatively large event because you're actually going to sorry uh, you're actually going to some other large event, but it's not necessarily a pro tour. Is there any kind of change ups or, or uniqueness in that way? I mean, we don't go to mm. Portland Open every year because you play. Well, for what I said earlier, and you play Tennessee State's forty-five mm-hmm. minutes from home. Yeah. Um, besides that, no, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any kind of curveballs or anything like okay. that. Um, could be wrong, but as of right now, off the top of my head, no, not really. Um, branding, marketing, and everything that goes along with that. Is there any? I guess you kind of touched on it with with regard to maybe some clothing, but is there anything that's going to be that you're working on that's out of the ordinary in that regard? Uh, you, you know, because there's so many different ways you could go with it. Chris, I know you do lessons. 
and that's unique in in largely in its own way. And you do these, you know, usually completely online lessons or or videos back and forth is one of the ways you do it. But I think of apparel, hats, the shirts, all the accessories. Is there anything else that you guys are developing that you can or can't share with us? No, it's also fresh right now. I think um, we've been working with um, Nate Heinold and Paul from T Box. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a meeting with them today because he was gone playing, but so we're just starting those conversations. Um, so we don't really, really know exactly yet, but it's really nice to talk with them and they have a direction and we have an agenda and, you know, they have a plan. So we're going to see where we end up. And speaking of those conversations today, the big announcement was there anything that either made you chuckle or or stare into each other's eyes or or throw your phone down? Any any wild reactions out of you guys today by anything that was said, good or bad? Um, I'm sure you were flooded honestly, with messages, right? Yeah, we weren't together when we announced because he went to play. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our friend Charlie did post a video of him in his Paige Pierce hoodie throwing a Discraft disc like an hour before we announced. So I called Chris and I was like, um, hi, can can you just have him take it down? He can repost it in like 20 minutes. Just- what? <laughs> he, I don't, I think, I don't know if he didn't know that we hadn't posted yet or he didn't so- see the Paige Pierce or what. <laughs> what, what he wanted to do was... Um- take a video of me out on the course playing and trying not to get any logos or, um, you know, the names of discs or anything like that in the shot. So um, he could get a little bit of interaction like, oh, what's he throwing, stuff like that, and kind of build some hype. Um, Didn't go as he planned. You know, very first one had a huge Paige Pierce logo uh, on my hoodie. And we it. love him anyway. It's okay. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, you're a Paige Pierce fan and friends and all that. So, I mean, that alone isn't have to be uh, uh, something that throws it off. But yeah, unfortunately, it probably does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Ricky, yeah. speaking along these lines, Ricky talked about. Like just trying to go out and practice. Kona talked, maybe it's Kona too, or both of them, or one or the other, talked about like trying to go out and play golf and then stay under the radar. Because if you show up on a course and somebody sees you unloading your bag, whether they're doing it in a sneaky way or not, they can walk past and see what discs are lying on the ground. Did you have some of those challenges or, or were you just able to, did you just practice on your own property? What did you do? Um,. I didn't really have uh, challenges like that because most of the time I go and play, it's early in the morning. Um, mm. People haven't made it out to the course yet. Um, but <laughs> whenever I play multiple times throughout the day or people happen to be there whenever I'm there, um, <clears throat> I feel like everyone that I encountered was very respectful. Um, you know, they could have been curious. They could have just been wanting to play around together, but they're like, Hey, uh, you know, are you playing by yourself? Uh, can I play with you? It's like, um, well, kind of can't. I'm sorry. You know. We went last night. Was it last night? 
to the course. Uh huh. And this guy was like, Hey, Chris. And we waved at him and he goes, Is it rude if I ask where you're going? <laughs> and we were like, You'll know soon. Yeah. I was like, No, it's not rude to ask, but, um, you know, it, it'll probably come up within the next day or two. Yeah. So, yeah, just keep an eye out. So, I was lucky enough, people were very uh, respectful whenever I think that kind of thing came up. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Did you get any advice from anyone, and, and whether that's a Paul or maybe even someone outside of disc golf? Was there any advice along this this huge trans- transition and journey in these last few months? Was there anything that sticks out at, to either of you? Uh, and and it, it doesn't have to be golf related. It could be literally about anything that applied here, though. I'll give you some good advice yesterday. So uh, two, two things that came to mind. First, um, yeah, Paul reached out to me and said, like, hey, you know, since you're going to be throwing new discs, um, one thing that I did whenever I transitioned over was um, I tried to make certain discs fly like discs that I was throwing. And he said that that kind of um, set him back for a little bit mm. um, because, you know, the discs aren't going to fly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to learn. It's a completely different mold. You've got to learn how this disc flies and, you know, throw it how it's meant to fly instead of trying to use it in a spot of an old disc that you were throwing or, you know, something kind of like that. So, uh, that was some pretty good advice. Um, and some advice I received a long time ago, um, was from Nate Doss. And, you know, I, I still think about it, um, every now and then. And he said, you know, it doesn't matter, um, who you're sponsored by. If you're good enough, you can throw, every disc you should be able to compete with every disc so you know as long as you put in the time and effort so that those words of wisdom have kind of stuck with me for a while and i really appreciate him taking the time to reach out and you know say those things have you did he get your name right when he when he (laughs) (laughs) uh did did have you talked to Nate since the signing? I mean, he was he was such a big discraft person, and but obviously he's a little bit more removed in the off season. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to him at all, or no? Is not. No, not yet. He did okay. message Bob though, so Bob sent us a little screenshot from okay. what Nate had said today. Mm-hmm. So great. Now, with what you just said, uh, which I, I obviously I, I believe and fully support, and everything else. Does that almost make every manufacturer like just, I don't want to say cringe, do they almost pause for a moment? Because I think we're proving it's, a lot of people make great discs, but you have to be the a good player. And if you're a good player, you could throw any brand. I mean, is that kind of counterintuitive to what, <laughs> well, we make the best discs in the world. Well, do you? Because everybody makes good discs. So I guess the question is, how important is it? the brand and the specific mold. So, um, this is my opinion on it. The more that manufacturers continue to make discs, you know, we're, I feel like we're getting to a point where it's harder to 
make a disc that hasn't, you know, been made yet. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it, it's a lot, it's going to be a lot tougher to create like a new, never before done disc. Um, discs are going to be kind of similar to one another um, unless they like change the standards and guidelines and stuff like that. But um, with so many companies emerging and with so many companies making many, many discs, um, that's covering all, uh, most, if not all of uh, the shots somebody needs in their bag. So I would say 10 years ago, Sure, maybe one, two, three companies um, would have had like a leg up on the rest of the competition just because they had more molds and um, a little bit more diverse uh, flight chart. But now it kind of seems like everyone's making a lot of discs. They're making good quality discs. So uh, you just got to find what you are you know, comfortable with, what's uh, – goes best with your preference and style of play. And yeah. And a lot of that is, I mean, every manufacturer's plastic itself is a little bit different. So if you, if you enjoy somebody's specific plastic, I heard someone on one of the web boards go, Oh man, I really hope Chris throws a, I literally, it was a glow ESP flex undertaker. And I was like, do they make that? And he's like, I think they had a special run of it one time. And I'm like, that's awfully specific because they <laughs> yeah. wanted one and they, and I'm like, okay, like I, I hope you get your wish. But I think that with the amount of plastic that's out there these days, uh, there is clearly something for everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying with like the, pr- uh, the preference. Uh, as soon as you said flex, um, that's not, that's not my go-to. Um, I, I don't like, gummy discs i don't like flimsy discs um now i know a lot of people that do and um that just goes back (laughs) to personal preference yeah um that's probably not something that you're going to find in my bag um maybe on a special occasion if let's say it gets really cold yeah yeah that's that's i actually just talked about that today um it was probably 30 degrees um, whenever I was playing my round and somebody handed me a flex disc. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, this isn't bad, mm-hmm. but, uh, whenever it warms up, <laughs> that's a glowing review degrees, right there. <laughs> well, and, and that's just preference. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Whenever what it gets six, do you actually like ESP, uh, <laughs> Z titanium putter line, um, yeah, all those. And I do throw a soft zone every now and then. So mm. um, that's like the exception. I, I tend to not like softer discs, but um, for certain shots, maybe one will pop up in my bag every now and then. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Brittany, what would you say with all of the new, you know, all of everything that's new that's going on for this year, what specifically are you looking forward to the most? Is, is it a new place, um, you know? Again, him and his Just new plastic. Like what? Getting to walk with Chris again. Yeah. What What are you most looking forward to in 2022? Oh, there's so many things. We've We've never been to Vegas. 
I don't think I'm going to enjoy being there for two weeks, but <laughs> I am excited to go and just, you know, have the Vegas experience um, while still going to bed at 9 p.m. every night. Um, <laughs> yep. But <laughs> that's what uh, I do, too. If anyone's, yep. Yeah. If anyone's wondering why this podcast started an hour earlier, it was because I begged <laughs> Terry so I didn't have to stay up so late. Um, but yeah, I... I remember when I was working last year, I loved it, but I was also so exhausted because if I'm going to do something, I give it 1000% of my being um, to the detriment of my health or whatever else. So I'm really excited to just be able to like focus on being with him. Is he drinking enough water? Like, is he eating okay? Is he taking his supplements? And then just getting to walk the course and just be there and be present with him again um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. <laughs> what will your photography look like? You, you, you said off the course, but I mean, what what? How do you envision what your workload will look like? And and are you up for um, commissioned work? What's what's kind of the plan there? Yeah, so his bag sponsor, we've already you know discussed that I'll be doing some work for them this year, um, like. For example, in 2021, I did Colton and Kona's engagement pictures while Mm -hmm. we were in Vermont. Um, While we were in Nashville, I did um, the McCade shoot for Paul, for him and McCade to be able to have photos to market. Um, So there's always little things like that that the players will need or that companies need that I can do. And if I can you know, take my camera on the course and it's something where I can be on his card with him and just snap some pictures here and there. Cool. But, um, yeah, if I can't just be with him, then yeah, it has to be off course or on his card. That's pretty much the, our options this year. And you will or won't want to do any of the UDIS scoring. Is that up your alley? Oh, I don't care at all. I don't care at all to do. I know some people like freak out and they're like, I'm here to caddy, but it's the easiest thing in the world. I don't care one bit to do UDISC at all. All right. I'm always helping UDISC kind of try and uh, wrangle up or or put out, cast a wide net, you know, because there was an all out. There was almost a, I think everyone had to touch their nose this week and nose goes for who was going to do the live scoring down at the C tier. It was, it was, they wanted to stay clear of it. So I'm always trying to help you yeah, just wrangle think, up more people. I think a couple times this year <laughs> when I wasn't working, I did the uh, PDGA live. They seem to always have someone for U disc, mm. but like no, none of the players wanted to do PDGA live when I was just walking. So I typically did that because that was like the official score. Um, and I know Ari said Ricky had like a scoring issue this year mm-hmm. on that. And so she started making sure to do the PDJ live. So that's, if it's going to be official again next year, that's probably what I'll be doing when I'm on his cards. Uh, Chris, this will, I think as we start to wrap up for you guys, so you can, you know, call it a night. Uh, when, when you saw and heard of the specifics, whether it was Kona or, or maybe more certainly more applicable for you probably would be Ricky, what's your reaction to that? When you're seeing these peers and these other players, what was your internal reaction to that? Um, you know, I think at first I was like, you know, that's, that's great. I'm glad that contracts are continuing to get bigger and bigger because, um, you know, that's not just going to stay at the top. 
that's going to continue to trickle down and it's going to be from, you know, the very top to the very bottom of sponsorship levels. Uh, I think it's going to affect all of those, meaning, you know, you could be getting paid the big bucks, uh, whereas people who are sponsored by a, um, a disc golf manufacturer that are getting, let's say, 50 discs a year, um, maybe that gets bumped up to 75 or 100 just because of, uh, you know, the amount of money that's coming in. So I think it affects everyone all across the board, and uh, it's a good thing overall. And they're all our friends. Like, we're so happy to see all of our friends succeeding and living their dreams and everyone just roots each other on like Ricky sent us messages today. Like I'm so happy for you guys. And we were doing the same thing for him. Um, I love this community. It's the best group of people ever. I can't say enough about the disc golf pro tour touring pro community. I I know you're, he already plays for Dynamic. He's renewed with Dynamic. I know another good friend plays for Innova. That's not changing with Kelvin. But does you moving to Discraft, any chance you're going to not be friends with Melton and Heimberg anymore? Can Is there any chance we could make that happen? No? Um, well, I'm not friends with Zach anyway, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Does he know that yet? Uh, I tell him every time I see him. Okay. So. okay. He's, he's that guy that just shows up to the group party, okay, right? Okay, so we're like, just oh, making Zach's it Smashbox again. official. Okay, okay. Yeah, because yeah. he puts on yeah, a good Zach front like up. your friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach always shows up to the group, but you can always count that he's going to be late. So Okay. <laughs> Terry's over here trying to start some drama. <laughs> I'm sorry. All. If you base your friends on who they play for, then that is very silly. <laughs> it, it, it certainly, and we find that within the disc golf community that, uh, you, uh, to echo what you guys just said, you know that so many of our top players literally will go, play pickleball or we'll go rafting or we'll go enjoy a a Monday at a theme park or whatever. We see that every single week or at least behind the scenes that it goes down. And that is absolutely beautiful. I mean, like you said, Chris, it's an individual sport. You're on a team, but at the same time, you guys are all friends first. And and I think that continues to shine and be awesome. So uh, along those how can people support you? What right now, outside of the you know possible sponsorship uh, you know offers they could send your way, but if people wanted to go out and support you guys, what's the best way for them to do that right now? Buzzes. Link in bio. Buzzes. On Instagram and <laughs> Facebook. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but buzzes are good. Um, which ones? Just to be clear, let, let's get it all. So it's because you, you, somebody you don't want some buying a D buzz. They what? What buzz should they be buying? So right now it is the I think it's a limited edition of uh, Chris Dickerson buzz. Uh, that's ESP. the one that is out now. Uh, ESP. Yep, swirly mm-hmm. ESP. So you know that that's becomes a really sick stamp on it. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and um, it's the first chance. To get a disc with my new signature on it. Yeah, we changed the so, signature. We. Well, <laughs> did you start we writing left-handed? <laughs> she, she wrote it out and like Chris. This is how your signature looks now. I'm your manager. Please practice this. <laughs> we didn't yep. go out on New Year's Eve like we had planned because he spent hours watching videos and like trying a bunch of different signatures and yeah. Wow. 
wow, you like, wait a minute. Well, why? Like watching, yeah, just, to like, make it more legible. Um, just better. Not, not really legible. <laughs> yeah, it just sucked overall. If I'm being honest, my old one was just. Um, there was a C and squiggles, like half of an H. There was some squiggles to end it out. There was a D. Um, I don't know. There wasn't really an I or a C. There was like half of the K, the upper half, and then you know some scribbles to end that out. Um, it wasn't the best. So I was looking for something that, yeah, would look a little bit better and just, um, you know, not take as much time. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. For example, at like D-Glow this year, as soon as we finished our rounds, we counted up the score uh, after we confirmed those – there was a line of people mm-hmm. um, wanting autographs and stuff like that. So um, it's great. I mean, I, I love that people are out there, but there are some players that have a like a very hard to do signature. Uh, at least, like it, it's time consuming. Um, and you know, that's kind of what played into mine, and that's why it looked so bad. Was um, <laughs> I didn't want to spend an hour, you know, just writing my name. Um, well, because even if I took time on it or not, it wasn't going to look good. Um, so the reason that we initially decided to change it is because I was watching Adam Hammis and Missy Gannon's like re-signing videos mm-hmm. and they signed those discs. And I'm like, Chris, you can't sign a disc with your current signature. Like you are going to look so silly. <laughs> Straighten up boy. <laughs> we'll get you right and proper. Yeah. Uh, Wow. So, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. Well, I think my, one of my favorite stories from GBO a couple of years ago was they had a bunch of world champions up signing discs, and Paige, at the time, Bjerkis, she had the slowest signature in the world. Everybody's like handing her discs, and it's piling up and piling. The disc stack was taller than her at one point because she, <laughs> and she was like fourth. So there's someone behind her waiting to sign these discs as she's doing this most perfect like mm-hmm. I, I hate to stereotype beautiful. But like beautiful like seventh grade girl signature and you're just like come on let's move this along Bjerkis <laughs> I mean now she's only got shoes so it's much quicker I'm sure but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it shoe is <laughs> no <laughs> no please that joke's a shoe in for <laughs> I know we could do that oh, all day wow. yeah I know sorry uh, so it's gonna be it's I mean Exactly. Uh, so it's not <laughs> it, it's not so much even a I mean it's a signature clearly, but it's really just a initials. Monogram. Yeah. It's a monogram almost, yeah. I mean and and that's gotta feel I mean that's like you went to the extreme. That's about as quick and easy as it possibly gets. It's got his number there. But it looks nice. It does. Yeah. It's yeah. clean, it's simple, it's easy. Mm-hmm. I, I Is have, it repeatable? Uh-huh. Is it repeatable? Yes. Do you have it down oh, yes. perfectly? Uh, okay. Okay. The next, the ne- last question about your signature. Have you thought about where one X would go? Ooh. Did you think of that far ahead? Mm. Like, hey, I'm going to mm. put like one X, two X, three X. Because, I mean, someone of your caliber, you, you kind of have to think about that for the future just in case. So maybe keep an eye on that to think, where am I going to put that one X next year? <laughs> Yeah, or you know, uh, it 
it could fall below the PDJ number. It could fall to the the right of the, the D. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, there there are many options. Okay. So you'll worry about that problem when you get there, right? I mean, that'd be a good problem to have. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, is is there anything we didn't ask you that we should have asked you about? What did we leave any stoned unturned? Notice I didn't say rock. Um, there's one thing that drives me nuts, and it's like when people say, Chris doesn't tour. And just so everyone knows, we're going to be on the road seven months this year at home five. So we're home less than we are on the road. We're going to most of the events. Please stop saying Chris doesn't tour. It drives me nuts. I've never heard that. I, honestly, I've, I've heard Chris doesn't go to the West Coast, but I've never heard Chris doesn't tour because you are one of the guys, kind of almost like a, a, a Yuli, that is known just to hit every event, any event, all the events. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. I don't understand that either. Yeah, it, it's something that I've heard a few times, and it, it kind of became a running joke with uh, Zach and Calvin. Mm. I can't remember what the instance was, but um, that subject was brought up, and Calvin goes, oh, yeah, you know, um, you wouldn't be – 10th place in the uh, uh, pro tour standings if, you know, you toured. if you just toured. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, thanks a lot, Calvin. Just rub it in that I had a bad year this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's funny, to, again, to hear that. You know, I look back to the, the, we'll say, the last normal year, 2019, 44 sanctioned events, uh, 2018, 48 sanctioned events. 2017, I'm going to guess it's right in that neighborhood, 43 sanctioned events. And also one of my favorite stats that I, I randomly came across at one point last year or the year before is you had, at that point, you had won exactly half. You were going for um, a win a particular weekend, and it was exactly half of the total events you had played. I think it was when you were at 135 out of 270 events. You're currently sitting at 150 wins out of 293 events. So you're you're above pace, above the 51% or 50% winning percentage. Yeah, to say you're not touring is uh is silly. Do you feel like people said that because it was a a, a put down or were they saying that out of like a, a, a they were let down like oh man, he's not he doesn't tour, let like down. we don't see him enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was I think it was more the let down. I don't think I don't know. I feel like Chris is generally known as a nice guy, so people don't really say a ton of mean things about him, thankfully. We got two like negative messages out of everything today, and one of them was boo, so it wasn't really like... <laughs> they were just disappointed they didn't go to their favorite team, was probably, yeah, exactly. was probably the disappointment. Uh, what, what, what was the other one? Was it nasty? No. I don't even remember. Oh, what did it say? I told you. Oh, uh, it's a shame to see uh, the direction that disc golf is heading. And we were like, wait, what? Uh-huh. That could be taken so many ways. Exactly. Like, I, I hate that all my favorite players like to watch are getting paid now. That's yeah. uh, it's such a shame. <laughs> oh, that, that, they can, that they can support their family and, and not be scraping by. Oh. Yeah, or that they get to tour around the country and, and see you know the entire beautiful country this year. Oh, I hate that. That is <laughs> such sellouts. This is it's all going downhill. Yeah, that's silly. Yeah, Back in my day. so much support, for <laughs> sure. Like, As you so should. So much love and support and... We're so, so very grateful. 
Well, I don't think there's a better place to end it than with that. Uh, we we are so happy for you guys. Clearly, the entire disc golf community is uh, very happy for you guys and looking forward to more Chris out on more of the tour in more places uh, during this upcoming season. It's going to be really exciting to watch. And uh, everybody needs to go out and find themselves a Chris Dickerson buzz. Anything? Any last words from you guys? I got five of them. <laughs> any last words from you guys? Um, thanks for having us. Yeah, Love thanks. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And always remember when you go to buy a buzz, you can't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Never enough buzz says Chris Dickerson. Yep. Never enough buzz and meteors don't hit trees. That's <laughs> yeah. what we've learned today. <laughs> yes. That's it. Makes perfect sense. All right. Well, we love you guys. Be safe. Uh, looking forward to the journey. Congratulations on the contract. Congratulations on all of the successes. Uh, couldn't happen to nicer people and more deserving people. So uh, looking forward to 2022 and beyond. And we'll uh, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Thank you. All right. Great have night. a good night. See ya. The Dickersons. Uh, I mean, if that's not a, a new show on Disc Golf Network. I don't know what else would the Dickerson, be. The that Dickerson. would be a great show. I mean, is just, that kind of like a tiny house meets a uh, full house? <laughs> oh, come on. Don't go to the Bob Saget card too soon. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Rest in peace, Bob. Ouch. Ouch, Johnny. Too soon. Is it, though? <sighs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so thank you, first and foremost, uh, of course, Chris and Brittany. Uh, during that conversation, and, and albeit a little while ago, uh, some other crazy news has popped into my inbox, uh, slid into my DMs or just my text messages. Uh, one individual who had probably, or a couple of individuals that maybe had a little pull or influence or insight uh, was none other than the Macbaths. And it looks like Hannah had reached out and said, um, they may be interested in joining us too, which is what I don't know if we really have time for them or if that's that's something our, our viewers would even like, uh, it wasn't planned and you know how we like to plan here on our show. If it's not in the rundown that I, you know, the 10 page rundown that I put together, then I don't know if I can arrange this. All right. So what I'm going to do is, uh, we're going to stall for just a few moments to see if they're still on board. Again, they sent it a while ago. I mean, they, they do understand how, how we work here on Smashbox. Nothing's. Uh, goes short but if i can i'm going to try and send over yeah, an you email. can send them over that exact thing that you sent chris they'll be able to hop on without a problem um uh, uh, some other news while terry's kind of arranging that we saw two really big other things in disc golf this week the first was Haley king announcing her sponsorship with innova um uh, I, i'm i'm really conflicted about this signing yeah and I, <laughs> no just the fact that the, the details are that she signed a one-year agreement mm. And uh, other than that, nobody knows any other numbers. I don't believe that none of that stuff was public, but (laughs) I'm I'm just, I'm confused as to why it's a one-year agreement. I know Innova traditionally has done one-year agreements, but in today's climate, it seems really strange that it wouldn't be at least a two-year or longer when we're seeing a lot of these other sponsorships do multi-year agreements. And as long as Haley's happy with it, that's ultimately what matters. But I was just very perplexed as to the the reasoning i wish and we reached out to haley this week and unfortunately we weren't able to uh set up a a a time or communication (laughs) method but i i just uh terry do you have any insight as to why uh the particular agreement was the way it was uh i'm just gonna go on some previous 
the over over in insider overhearings i uh, that very much may have been a mutual um decision uh, decision in that uh it's a new company for haley correct uh, obviously she's familiar with innova and has friends and you know it, it, people have thrown the, the frisbees before uh, but it's a new company and so i feel like maybe there's not that pressure maybe, maybe you know i of course she said in the uh in the video that she sees this as being the long-term plan and she wants to grow and excel and, and exceed and all those other things of course you want to say all that and you want all that to be true however maybe they also both are hedging their bet just a little in saying, well, let's not lock into anything too heavy, too serious just yet. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with the one-year contract. And now we'll also take a little step back in time and say a lot of contracts were that way. It wasn't well, until correct. somewhat recently that we saw multiple years. So I don't, th- I wouldn't consider it out of the norm um, or, or really that crazy, in my opinion, Um Clearly, there's more to it than you and I even know, but I think yeah, I, I, I believe there has to be, and uh, just, just I just overall on, don't think it's that crazy. I think it's I don't think it's crazy, especially with what you were saying. How you know each side feeling the other one out as far as whether the relationship is going to work. You know, um, I I'm, was just a little surprised with our recent signings that we've seen in the FPO and MPO division, but specifically the FPO division with the multi-year agreements for people that are moving sponsors that have not had a relationship before that they're we'll say jumping in feet first to these sponsorships and Haley didn't. So either that is, that's one of two things that's either very mature of Haley and Innova to say, you know, we're going to take it slow and figure it out. Or it's, I mean, or it's very naive of one of the, one of the other to not try to lock the other one in for a long-term deal. But ultimately I think is, like I said, as long as Haley is happy with what, with her, status um there's not much we can really argue or say about it well and and maybe as someone pointed out in the chat maybe uh, again either a manufacturer and or a player is is a tad gun shy on Mm -hmm. a multiple year deal um just knowing that there might be significant challenges if one or the other doesn't want to continue the relationship depending on how it's crafted in the first place and i also don't think it's a secret or maybe it's it's not a a a well-kept secret that Innova largely works in one-year deals. Yeah, I mean we we've seen Coling, you've seen Sexton. No, nah, Sexton just up. I know that's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh. As multiple-year deals, okay, okay. A lot of the other announcements that you see from Innova players are not often multiple-year. Calvin had a two-year agreement, I believe. It's not nearly as common for having the deepest field, the deepest sponsored roster in all of disc golf. Uh, I believe most of them are in fact one year agreements. So those are that's something else to to factor into this entire conversation for sure. All right, I have officially sent off a message over to uh Paul and or Hannah. I'm not sure who's around or available. It looks like uh they're getting themselves set up in this crazy wild brand new um exclusive unplanned appearance. All right. Um do you want to I, th- I think the other thing we can address we can wait till after the paul and hannah thing we address and just quickly talk about uh thomas gilbert yeah and uh, we can we can uh we'll, we'll break that all down uh in a little while but it looks like they're ready i, I think 
They could probably hear us. <laughs> One saying yes, the other saying no. Uh, so that, there's no better when, time. Well, when they're ready, Hannah, give a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess, so I, Hannah, <laughs> Hannah's walking away. So not quite ready. Not quite ready yet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and uh, as you were just saying, we were talking about Thomas. The other, another piece of conversation that we can save a little bit later is um, today, largely, there was a discussion that took place with regard to seeing less masters divisions being offered at some of our largest scale event one of them being the ddo which just had the registration open today Um, that's a conversation piece that we can also get into just a little bit later but certainly one that's out there as well and i've got a lot of mixed emotions and reactions and i know we had jay ray and steve rico Mm -hmm. to kind of have that conversation a few months ago and i don't know i mean clearly we didn't solve any of the world's problems with that conversation but it's a conversation that needs to continue to happen and see where we're going to go with it so that that was out there on the interwebs and very much a conversation uh, taking place today. Should we have a Johnny V tour? A jo- like a, 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 a just a, me, like me touring the country? No, you you headlining the Advanced Masters or Pro Masters tour. Ah, uh, I I wouldn't headline either of those tours <laughs> at this know. point. I don't know. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a decent. Just put you on the feature card every single beginning of every single event. It's Johnny V and three others, and that's how we market Ooh. it. That could get at least six people to watch. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's six people that are just desperate for disc golf. <laughs> that's that's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's <laughs> that's um, uh, uh, one of the conversation pieces. And as you just mentioned, um, in seeing Haley jump on last night and uh, lock into her sponsorship, two other big names that are yet to announce or come out uh, with anything public that we're probably waiting on would be Katrina Allen and Nico LaCastro. I feel like those are two of the largest names out there that have not come forth with any other official sponsor announcement. And hopefully that will change here in the, uh, I would assume in the next uh, couple of weeks or less. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, if I had, if I had running out of time, if I had my way, uh, we'd have it, you know, Cat would announce next Tuesday. <laughs> you know, yeah. just every Tuesday we get a great announcement, and and we can go from there. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'm really curious as to see where both of them sign, but really, especially Nico. Yeah, just because we've seen him go through, uh, you know, a couple different manufacturer sponsors, and whether he's going to sign on with another one or if he's going to go open bag, maybe do Gateway like he did kind of growing up. So. All right. Well, it looks like we just have Paul. I don't know if we're going to have Hannah or if she's going to join in a little while or not, but maybe she just got uh, Paul all set up. She is the brains behind the operation, I've heard, uh, as they're setting up Gamer That's Studio. really been the theme the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> all these women are running the world. We know this. Well, we're going to welcome to the show none other than five-time world champ Paul McBath. And Paul, how you doing? Thanks for joining. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel like it's been a long time. So it has. Your ears might have been ringing. We were we were talking to your new teammate Chris Dickerson, and well, give us give us your uh, perspective. How 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 did that relationship start? And were you one of the main people? Um, I'll say that uh, that kicked that off. Influenced that. Uh, excuse me. Sorry. Um, I did not have much to do with that, to be honest. Um, I don't know what all the details behind the scene are and all that stuff with, uh, with Chris. Um, but I was up there for his first visit to Discraft's headquarters and stuff like that. So that was really cool to, to help him out and kind of just, uh, 
share some thoughts about the company and, and, you know, what to expect and kind of just, Hey, here's Discraft, here's the facility, here's, you know, so-and-so and things like that. And to be honest, he didn't meet everyone the first time there because he, uh, wasn't, wasn't signed to a contract or anything like that. So it was still trying to keep it secret, even with Discraft employees, you know, um, a lot of them are still disc golf fans, so it's, it's hard to keep a secret like that. So he didn't get a chance to meet everyone, but I'm sure next time he's up there, he'll get a chance to meet everyone and, and kind of feel a little bit more a part of that family. And I know that term gets used a lot in disc golf, especially with the companies, but Discraft is is literally family. Like so many of them are brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles. So it's, it's really cool. Now, I, I asked him, I said, you know, the, the number one player in the world is there, uh, you know, and everything that you've done and accomplished, you made such big waves moving there. Um, is there any weird feelings or animosity or, or jealousy or anything that you feel like could come about? And, and the follow up to that is also, why would you invite other really good players to, <laughs> to, to come be on your team? Well, I mean, if we all throw the same plastic and we're all, you know, we all have the same options for discs then we're really going to find out who the best players in the world are right so okay okay i think that's yep. a little i think that's a little fun competition as well as being teammates you know we get to compete against each other on the course and we get to compete off the course as well as to hey whose signature disc is selling more who's this is doing better so it, it i mean we're athletes at the end of the day so we we love competition or else we wouldn't be doing this but um it, it, it is really cool having chris be a part of the team now and and um you know I know there's things that I can help him with as far as, as the disc and there's things he can, he's going to teach me and, and he's probably going to be like, Hey, have you ever tried this disc? And I'll probably say no to some <laughs> of them because I haven't tried every disc and discraft's lineup yet. But, uh, um, you know, it's just, it, I think, I think it's just fun. And, and, you know, there, there is a lot of disc manufacturers out there nowadays, but there are the leaders, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the ones that people know. So, a lot of the top players will end up on the same team eventually. I mean, even Rick and I were on the same team at one point, too. Yeah, and that brings up another question. Last week when we had Rick on the show and, of course, talking about his contract and everything else, he, he was he was blunt and he said Discraft uh, was on the table and a consideration to join that team. And I, I don't know, just speak to that. What's your takeaway on that? And what were the conversations like from your perspective? Yeah, so Bob Julio, um, you know, the team manager for Discraft, he uh, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, Ricky's manager Ari has reached out to us and and he's thinking about making a switch." Um, he's like, "I would feel I'd have a guilty conscience if I didn't talk to you first about this and and kind of just let you know like as a business it'd be it'd be dumb of us not to to see what what can happen." Um and I told him like, "I don't I don't care." Like go ahead, you know, talk to them and, and see. Um, and almost the same thing I just said, you know, on the last question, like I'd love to compete throwing the same things and see who's better, you know, head to head. So, um, yeah, I, obviously, you know, the, the Discraft didn't either offer what, what they were looking for or they had better offers on the table. Um, and he ended up going dynamic disc, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's discraft's call at the end of the day so um i i didn't feel one way or the other about it what are there any secrets at discraft i mean because to me that that uh, that just that whole conversation to some 
sounds crazy mm-hmm. like that it would even happen that th- th- there would be a consideration of, of two of these rivals you know that have had some of the most you know epic battles ever that you guys would potentially be teammates so i i I guess I, it begs the question: are, are there any secrets at that place? I mean, is ev- is everybody open about just about everything? Uh, I mean, like contracts still are secret. Like I don't know what Paige makes. I don't know what Chris makes. I don't know what Brody makes, especially on the elite level. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you get a little bit lower, there is like kind of, hey, this is what this team gets, and then you might get this one thing because it fits you better, or you might get the you know more discs because. Uh, you know, you, you kind of sell them or, or whatever. So those things I think are a little bit more under wraps, but that might not be my position. Um, but as far as a company, Discraft's very open, you know, with, with a lot of things, um, you know, and, and that, that's what that's what I love about being there is is they are so open and, and they allow me to put my hands in multiple things that, that they have going on over there. So I think that's one of the most fun parts as well because I do love – um, you know, designing discs with them and, and, and having the, the you know, the drawings here and being like, hey, what if we change this angle of the nose or put this kind of bead on this disc and, and, and tweak things around? Um, I love having my hands in that as well as, as potentially potential plastic uh, combinations and things like that as well. Are we going to be seeing any additional discs to the Paul McBeth line? I mean, you, you, ha- you, Definitely. Have, you have a few uh, right now, uh, so... Yeah, I have five. I have five in my line right now, uh, but there'll definitely be more. I don't have a timeline on anything. You know, we just added Chris. Uh, Adam Hammes is is definitely developing into a great player. You know, you got Yuli, you got Paige, you got Missy, you got you know all these players. So um, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just one of them. So they have some other players to make happy. So my time will come. Uh, so with that with that disc, whenever it happens, it happens or multiple discs. So. Um, I would love for it to be next month, but, uh, you know, I'm, you're realistic, I, I which is patient. great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, as I just thought of how I asked you about the secrets, I'm calling out Bob Julio, who I know frequently watches live. So Bob, mm-hmm. I'm calling you a liar. A couple of weeks ago when we had a, a brief chat, Bob and I did, uh, I said, any big changes, anything else coming down the pipe? And, uh, you know, I had heard rumors of, of Chris and whatnot. And Bob, no, no, nothing else going on here. So, Bob, <laughs> I might be media, but don't lie to me, bro. I, I'm on to you. I'm on to you. <laughs> NDAs, man. He can't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Th- this kind of goes hand in hand with a few years ago, you wanted your contract to be public. Discraft said, yeah, we're good with that as well. And now we've seen some details about a handful of other contracts, but still, for the most part, we don't. Do you, what you did, has it has it made the change you wanted it to yet? Is it Has it been fully realized or impacted? Because we're still not getting many details about many contracts. Well, I, I mean, you got to start somewhere. So um, I, it's definitely, I mean, we have, what, four total public i mean even chris is you know is kind of um he let out some some a a figure of numbers so Mm -hmm. it's definitely gotten a lot of eyes on on the sport i feel like you know with with my deal when i signed the 10 years and then ricky's with his four year like there's news outlets that would probably not talk about disc golf for other reasons than, than just the money side you know he just did a bitcoin interview as well um so it's definitely making a splash for the sport um 
And I think as these contracts start to grow like that, like it will be harder to be sponsored by disc manufacturers, but that kind of opens the door for a lot of other outlets as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's kind of just creating that value for the player and kind of putting the ball a little bit more in their court to show that, that we have a value. But still, each player is going to have to figure out how they bring that value to a company because, you know, the, these these sponsors are, are paying players not only for their ability on the course, but also to move their product because at the end of the day, they're a business. And in order to stay in business, you got to sell your product. So, um, so yeah, so I think that's kind of where it's at. And, and I think it's, it's definitely helped the sport because if you look at when I signed that first deal with Discraft, I think if I didn't make those numbers public, would we be seeing Ricky now at DD after his stint at Innova, you know, and, and then leaving early to, to dynamic disc because, you know, he, he saw his value as worth more than what he was getting at Innova, clearly. Um, so that's, I don't know, I, I, think, I think it is doing, doing great for the sport right now. Would it be fair to say that you think some manufacturers are, are more generous than others? Or is, does it come down to just dollars and cents and, like, shrewd business tactics? Like, why are we seeing some really big contracts at a few companies but not necessarily at the others is that is that just their books and and that's their business um i mean i yes it is technically like there's no right for us to have our contracts public because they are just endorsement deals um but i think as as the players it does help a lot of people find and kind of determine what their value is to where they can approach these these sponsors and not just in disc golf too but like outside disc golf and other other outlets of sponsorship and endorsement deals so um yeah i mean i guess it's just how how comfortable you know a manufacturer is is with letting those numbers out um but hopefully i don't know i, I mean i don't i don't i don't carry i mean it's, it's hard to answer that question but uh, um yeah, some some people just don't want to share those numbers, and that's fine. Sure, I, I it just feels like you know we were just talking right before you came on that Haley had locked into, for instance, a one year deal, and we're seeing multiple year deals. You know, some were arguing that Rick feels like he might be in a better position because it's not as long as your contract. However, you know, it's a little bit shorter, therefore he can uh, you know maybe renegotiate quicker than you know what you might be able to do even though i'm sure if you're doing big things you'll be able to as well but you know uh multiple year but then we see other players like like a chris dickerson who we just had who was in just ex signed an extension but then is now leaving that early and and nico Castro, same idea are these contracts not strong enough are, are the are the players looking for too much or the manufacturer like what, what's kind of your take i mean there's a lot there but what's how should how should the public be perceiving those yeah i mean i think it can go both ways it can be where a player and a manufacturer agree and say yeah you know this might not be working out the way that we both intended and you know maybe you should go a different route and we'll go a different route it could be as easy as that or it could be extremely hard to where you got legal issues going on because um i hate I hate using people for these examples, but, mm -hmm. you know, we just had Rick sign this big deal and he left early. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone like Ricky, the face of, of Innova at the time, like that's a big loss for Innova. You know, it, it could it could be millions of dollars that they're losing in those two years. And that's that's a big deal for, for a company. Um, mm -hmm. So, 
you know, does that turn into issues outside of disc golf, you know, legally, because you're leaving a contract, you're breaking a contract, or it could be as simple as, Hey, you know, let's just, let's just walk away. You're not, you're not really happy here. You can get something so much more over here. We're okay with that. Um, you know, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but when you start talking millions of dollars, it could, it could become issues. So that's kind of where our sport is right now is, is we're kind of walking on eggshells right now because it used to be, you know, almost probably less than five years ago when it was just a handshake deal or some of these players are not playing for action. They don't even have contracts. I think we had that with Paige not that long ago. Um, but now you got your, your name on paperwork and you're mm-hmm. legally binding to something. So I don't know. It, it's a scary thought if, if, if people really want to do some stuff. Yeah. And I, I kind of had this conversation with somebody about the a manufacturer player relationship. And someone was like, well, if the player's not happy, why would the manufacturer want them? And I kind of had to explain, well, the, there, there are, if you sign someone to a multi-year agreement, assuming millions of dollars is going to be exchanging hands between uh, uh, people buying your plastic, you may be ramping up your company. You might be, uh, you know, buying another uh, molding machine. You might be getting another HR person. Now, now, and if a player leaves that contract and you're not expecting it, suddenly you are left in the lurch with, you know, these these players hold a lot, can hold a lot of weight. And I can see it obviously both ways where, like you said, sometimes they're just, yeah, cool, that's right. You're not happy? We're not happy? Let's... Yeah. agree to be not be happy apart and, and i think what one, one really hard part with this too is if someone's leaving early and so like if they're signed to a hundred thousand dollars and another company's offering a million dollars but they still have two more years with this hundred thousand dollar company why is that company that already has them signed why are they going to offer them more when they're already bound to a contract so it's kind of like puts that company in a hard spot because hey you already signed this you're already here mm-hmm why do we have to offer you more? You already signed mm-hmm. that. So it's, it, it, it does get difficult. And, you know, as a, as a player, I, I would hope anyone can leave at any time just to have that free will. But now, you know, we have contracts and it's a, it's a little bit more difficult. So you never know what can happen. And hopefully a lot of these players have representation and they can, can have a lawyer look at this or if anything is wrong, they can, they can get out of it, you know, without any issues going on. Because I think what we had three or four or five players leave, contracts early this year and i don't i haven't heard of that really much in the past no well, i mean there weren't really many contracts to be left early and mm-hmm. I, I would say speaking of leaving things early it was just last week that it was announced that you and foundation disc golf are, are parting mm-hmm. ways you are you were one mm-hmm. of the founders if i remember correctly of the the organization and now you are stepping back from that or stepping away from that is there uh there's been a lot of speculation as to why and this and that can you do you want to give us kind of a general uh <laughs> uh I, i've read posts and whatnot but this is maybe a yeah. different crowd yeah no it's funny because it, it, it seems like it's been so long ago um <laughs> it, it uh yeah i mean i'm just i'm so busy with getting ready for the year right now uh the public foundation has been incredible we actually have a like we're actually all coming together right now uh, this weekend uh, to do some meetings and stuff and just prepare for this year uh, and some other things going on. Like I was just up in Michigan last week. I'm going to, I'm going to go get to some warmer weather to go get out and throw some more. 
Um, and with how, how, how foundations taken off in the last year, especially on the social media, the podcast, YouTube, all that stuff, it's just, I guess the easiest way to say it is, is we, we didn't take, we didn't take money out of the company. Every, every dollar we made as owners, we put right back into the company. So that way you have to be an active owner. You have to, you have to work, you know, you can't just sit back and collect because there's nothing to collect. So uh, we're just we're just putting it back into the company, and and right now I don't I don't have that time to commit the way that they are, you know, Hunter and Brody, and all the other guys. I don't have that time, that amount of time to commit, so I can't be an active owner like that. And um, unfortunately, I just felt like I was holding them back and not doing my part, and and um, you know, it was just that time for for me to step away from that. And we talked about maybe in the future I'll be able to come back and, you know put my focus into foundation disc golf and I might be paying a lot more to get back into it. But <laughs> right, right now, uh, you know, that's the position I'm in and, and, you know, Hunter and, and Brody are still, still really good friends. So, um, you know, I wish nothing but the best and I'm sure I'll be in a couple of videos throughout the season and whatnot, but I'm, I'm only here like one more week before I get really ready for the season. So, so that kind of sucks. I won't be, won't be able to make any of their stuff right now, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's sad to, sad to start that and do it, but it's also so proud to be able to see where it's at now, um, from literally starting in a basement. Yeah. And, and not to be confused because when I ri- originally read the, the snippet or the post or the headline or whatever it was, I very much read it as Paul McBath leaving the foundation as in your own foundation. I'm like, this just got weird. Uh, but clearly you are not leaving or stepping away from the Paul McBath foundation. In fact, just the opposite of that. And as you just said, that's where uh, we're seeing course developments, new projects continually come up, but talk to us about, you know, that experience and then what this means for you and your future and, 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 uh, the successes you guys have been having there at the Paul Macbeth foundation. Yeah. The Paul Macbeth foundation. Uh, it's been, it's been incredible. Uh, the support that we've gotten from, you know, people, companies, volunteers, and the communities that we've gone to has just been it's been outstanding to see uh, from Mexico early in the year. I mean, we went May. May was the first project. Um, and they. I guess I should break it down. So Mexico had never heard of disc golf, like that area. <laughs> They'd never heard of it, never saw it or anything. So it was their first time ever seeing disc golf. And we have multiple PDGA members down there now that are, you know, truly Mexicans, you know, not, not some expats that have come down there and moved down there, but like <laughs> truly the ones that we introduced to at that time, they went across the country and played a tournament in, um, Monterey, Mexico. Like they were already playing tournaments within their first six months of discovering disc golf. Um, and then the other one, the other one was, uh, Guatemala just outside of Antigua. And I didn't realize Guatemala was the most beautiful country ever um, <laughs> that place was incredible. Like just watching volcanoes go off like 24 hours a day. Like you just see lava spewing out the top of this thing. And, and it's a, it's a golf course that they built a disc golf course on, on nine holes and they got another nine potentially, but um, it's right next to this, uh, this um, indigenous Mayan village. So like, like, straight out of history books. Like these people just look like Mayans that you see in history books and stuff when you're in school. And it's just incredible to see 
them just take up disc golf because again it's like this one was americans that were there that that brought disc golf to the area and then we were able to help with the baskets and and discs and and uh they were able to schedule a lot of clinics and just we introduced a lot of people there in guatemala to disc golf um and then columbia which had a (laughs) they had a really big uh, i think ultimate frisbee freestyle scene and when uh uh covid hit they kind of that, that kind of went away. So they got into disc golf and they started their own club, but they just didn't have the funding for baskets. Um, so we were able to help with that part of it and, and fund them with the money because uh, they had to build the baskets there. So we were able to fund them with that and, and discs as well. And they had a club already there that was, <laughs> that knew how to throw discs uh, and Frisbees. So they, uh, they really took to it really quick. They've been running like their own small leagues and, and tournaments and, uh, when we were there, we were able to introduce it, not as many people as we did in Guatemala, but we were able to teach the people that already knew disc golf how to teach others. Mm. So that was a really big thing. And, uh, and we met with a lot of, uh, uh, we met with some of the, uh, some officials, some government officials there, uh, the mayor. So we met with like, um, like the right hand man to the mayor. And he looked like a Colombian Drew Gibson. I'm sure if you look on <laughs> social media, you'll see that picture. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Really, really incredible people there. And we were able to visit this property and design, help them. We gave them some insight on how to design that course. And then um, this uh, this official said, like, yeah, we're going to try to get that land over there as well to make this a bigger property. And and it, the, the property looks so much like um, the, the Grand Canyon in Brooksville, Florida. Mm, okay. Very yep. similar. Uh, so, so you can kind of get an idea of what that, that land looks like, but, uh, um, yeah, so they said, yeah, we're going to work on it starting tomorrow to get that land and, and try to bring it for disc golf because we really want to use disc golf to help the, help the community here and kind of just take them out of turmoil of, of, you know, you, you've probably seen what's, what's happened in Colombia in, in the past and, and this area was really affected by that. So they want to try to use disc golf to bridge that gap and bring the community together and kind of just, uh, you know, take some of that away. And it's just incredible to hear the stories that um, that they're gonna, you know, that that have happened in these areas, or, or what disc golf can potentially bring to them, and just the promise that they see and the hope out of disc golf. So, I, you know, I hope I hope I can go back and visit some more. Yeah, and, and then I then the follow up to all of that is what's next? I mean, what is your cue or the, the wait list or the, the, just the, uh, you know, people submitting and applying, like, what does that look like right now? And, and have you announced, uh, any new wave of, of recipients? Well, we're having that meeting this weekend, uh, to finalize it a little bit more. So I, I, maybe if you have me on this time next week, I'll have some more answers to that question. But, uh, but definitely, when we first announced last year, early in the year, we had hundreds and hundreds of emails of mm-hmm. just like, hey, we'd love this. But you do have to filter through them because just because you don't have a course within five minutes doesn't make you qualified. <laughs> As underserved, you know, yeah. How, yeah. So, you know, we, we definitely want to find another city in the States. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit more difficult in the States to get it done than it is international right now. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, we definitely have some projects in mind, but we're going to have to look through it a little bit more. And, and the, the foundation has such a solid team behind it that they're able to go through these and, and get in touch with, um, you know, the, the ones that kind of stand out a little bit more, the, the venue, um, shouldn't say venues, but the, the properties that stand out a little bit more so we can make sure they're going to be sustainable. That's the biggest thing. We don't just want to put baskets and discs in somewhere 
that they're just going to sit and get grown mm-hmm. over. We want them to actually be used and utilized. So um, that's the big goal. Yeah, if if I know people in either the Twin Cities or Charlotte area saying, "Hey, I need a course," you know, I actually have to drive six minutes to get to mine. You, you guys I mean, are automatically disqualified. To them, right? that is underserved. I know I that's mean, what I mean. I don't have one within fifteen minutes of my house, so this is a real underserved but, area. <laughs> I will say, if you're from the Twin Cities, you can definitely help. So yeah, you yeah. Can still help out. Uh, yeah, and and speak uh, speak to that of your your partnerships, your collaborations. How how are people uh, helping you? I mean, I'm doing my part. I keep buying Double G Jerky, uh, that of course supports <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, yeah. I gotta I gotta get in where I fit in. But what what are some of your your collaborations and partnerships where people De- can definitely. intentionally or unintentionally um, help? Yeah, the the notable ones, I'll just go in order from the projects. Like Dynamic Disc was a big supporter. Uh they they got their baskets in at Mexico. They got nine in to start and then we you know, it was our first project, so we're like, let's see if this is sustainable and if it's gonna work and it actually it absolutely blew up and uh I went down there not that long ago and designed the back nine for them. So they're gonna have nine more baskets. They're gonna have a full eighteen. So wow. Um, when people go down there to the Cabo or La Paz area, they'll, they'll have a full 18 whole course. Um, Guatemala, that was Discraft. Uh, they donated baskets. They donated a bunch of discs. Um, and uh, um, I don't know if they're – oh, yeah, Ledgestone was Columbia. Mm-hmm. Ledgestone, uh, so they were a big partner. Grip jumped on at the end. UDISC was a big help with the the match uh, you know, 10,000 to this and they would match it up to 10,000. And, uh, we hit that number. So thanks everyone that, that, um, hopped in on that. And then I know there's going to be a few I left out, but you mentioned double G craft jerky. Um, yeah, a, a good chunk of that goes directly to the Paul McBeth foundation. When you buy one of the Paul McBeth signature bags, I don't get, I don't see a dime of that that goes straight to the foundation. Um, and then, uh, oh man, I'm I mean, trying not to mix them up because I, I know there's a lot already lined up for next year as well. Are you leaving out yourself? You, you, you donated <laughs> well, yeah. your you donated <laughs> your winnings. All of your winnings this past yeah. year went to the foundation, the Paul McBeth Foundation. Mm-hmm. Eighty nine thousand, like two hundred and three dollars, or something like that. Roughly, yeah. yeah, about about that. Yeah. And are you planning on repeating that this year? Is that uh, is that going to be a regular mm. or? Um, <laughs> that's I'm, awkward. Uh, gonna, yeah, <laughs> Smashbox exclusive. Uh, no, I'm gonna talk to him this week and see if uh, see if that's that's the right move again. Okay. Uh, hopefully, I can hit a hundred thousand this year um, <laughs> in earnings. But, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna talk to him this this winter and, or this weekend and uh, double check and see if uh, that's what I should do again. But I mean. I would say yes right away, but well, um, we'll, f- we'll find oh, out more we'll in the next few weeks. Then. First. <laughs> yeah, and and, and yeah, understandably, yeah. You, I mean, your your heart may be right there, but uh, with regard to everything that's going on in terms of just overall, uh, not just tax implications, but just overall funds Finances. and everything at the foundation, there's probably advantages to maybe one year versus not, and and so on and so forth. So, yeah. and, and and to be fair, I don't clearly you're doing amazing things and you're going way above and beyond. I don't know if it should just be assumed or expected that every year you're putting your your check there. So I, I know that can be kind of yeah, an awkward. And and, mm-hmm. and honestly, I, I don't I don't even know how it works as far as tax. I'm, I'm still talking to my CPA about that. Like, is it all a tax write off? Is it better mm-hmm. if I just do half and put half in the tax? I'm I'm not sure yet. Sure. So I need to figure that out with him too because he might just say, yeah, do half and the other half will go here. So I, I'm I'm not sure. I still got to figure that out. 
Yeah, I mean, Harrison's got to eat. I mean, you're going to have to keep a little of that money. Uh, so is there anything Is there anything that's wild or crazy or out of the ordinary, whether it's the foundation or yourself as a player and a promoter, anything that 2022 is, is like might raise someone's eyebrow that, that you think is coming? Or seem well, Paige's auto- documentary. Yep. Yeah, okay. Pretty wild. Okay. Uh, some of the, the behind the scenes stuff with that, especially with uh, Carly Lloyd is doing the voiceovers and stuff for that. Yes, I believe. Uh, even today, deal. as we speak, I think she was flying to uh, to Philly today to meet up with her. her. Instagram. Yeah, she put some clips on her Instagram story with her mm-hmm. behind with Carly Lloyd behind the mic. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that absolutely is, and and then also in that in again in her uh, name, um, Charlie Mead, I believe, had uh, put together the nomination for Paige to become a uh, is it is it like a athlete of the year or sportswoman of the like year? A world or just game is it the World Games? World one? Games athlete. Oh yeah, I feel like I should have that at the I tip of my tongue. But was that today or yesterday? Uh, I think it it oh. like opened yesterday. Uh, so okay. to speak. So that's something else that's pretty cool to see, uh, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Vote daily but for athlete. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't I don't think I have anything wild and crazy right now. Just besides a really busy busy winter, uh, I do want to go to Europe for six weeks, but we'll see how that's going. Like that's one of my really big goals. I want to go over there. Hopefully, do a foundation trip as well, and, and maybe do a course install or, or just whatever I can with the foundation somewhere over there in Europe. Um, I don't have any place picked out or anything like that, but uh, definitely want to do that. Uh, but I just want to play, play better next year. <laughs> what, what do you, I mean, I saw you, you know, uh, putting in the, in the basement and uh, you know, you got the air mattress behind it. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's a lack of confidence or just trying not to neck <laughs> up a wall, but uh, no, seriously it's though. Cut through <laughs> okay. What, yeah. what, what were you missing last year and then what are you how are you going to fix it for this year uh i think i mean at times it was definitely confidence there was times where it was confidence but i think mainly just consistency um just didn't get the same amount of reps that i have in previous years and winters um so definitely want to get the consistency down and 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 that's really it you know if, if i feel like if I feel like, man, I mean, I don't know how to, how else to say it, but if I feel like I can make the putt, then I have all the confidence in the world that I'm gonna that I'm gonna play well, uh, because that's that's the biggest thing. If I feel like I can make the putt from anywhere, then I don't care where I'm throwing the disc. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and play well. So um, that the putting confidence leads to so much, so much in my game because it allows me to to take a lot of pressure off the drives and stuff like that. And, and when you have high pressure on the drives, that's when you usually, you usually shank it, you either pull it or let it go early or, or turf it for some people. Um, but when you can just relax and, and throw the disc and know you're going to make it from anywhere, that, that's, that's a, that's a big thing for me. So we saw you play with your form. I mean, I saw a couple of different mechanics for you in your mm-hmm. pot where are you at? How much does it look like a putt from two years ago versus, you know, one you tried this year? Uh, well, it definitely doesn't have the Anheuser. I can tell you that that was uh, just trying to get, I think it's mainly getting the consistency and trying to get my body to line up uh, properly and just get a consistent release. The biggest thing is the release for me is, is making sure it's consistent. Um, 
shifting the weight and the body motions, that's going to change putt to putt, you know, whether you're on a side hill, you got a log between your legs or whatever branches, but having the release is the biggest part. Um, so hopefully I can get that, that, that dialed down and extremely consistent before the season starts. Um, and that'll, I mean, that's, that'll change everything. You know, that slight little, slight little hyzer at the nose up a little bit. Um, and then just being able to slightly adjust it depending on the wind. So, um, yeah, it's just just repetitions mainly, and and, and unfortunately, you know, selling out of a foundation does give me a lot more time to do that. So. Okay, <laughs> so uh, putting, with all a lot, that's what I was going to say. Is have you? Well, is, what is a lot? Yeah, honestly. you just talked about how busy you are with the Paul McBeth Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you dedicating more reps this this winter? Yeah, it's like as soon as I wake up, I'll go down. It's in the basement, so I'll go down there and putt uh, probably. Probably about anywhere between thirty minutes to an hour, uh, and then do a do a workout, and then eat and do whatever errands I have to run, um, and then come back and putt a bit more, and then um, do some more errands, whatever I have to do, and then like after this, if, as long as Hannah's not asleep yet, I'll go down and putt some more. <laughs> so, uh, so not a lot of throwing, but that's why we're going to go to warmer weather here after the weekend and, and get, get the throwing reps in. So, uh, uh, Okay, let me ask this question first, then we'll get to where you're going. You know, this year you're listed with 24 sanctioned events, $88,903 for the winnings. Uh, that included five wins. H- how do you rate or rank your season? How, how satisfied are you with it, and how do you rank your season in performance? Um, yeah. I want. I always want to use the word consistent in my uh, in my performance, but I think that's what it definitely lacked there. Um, there were a lot more finishes outside the top three that I'd like, mm-hmm. um, but um, if I was to rank it out of all my all fifteen of my or fourteen of my professional careers, it's probably around eight, seven or eight in there somewhere. So. Room for improvement. Yeah. Year year for me. Oh yeah. A lot of room for improvement, but I did show up at the majors. I mean, I was, those are Mm -hmm. the big ones for me that I was one shot away, uh, one shot away from, from getting the six one there. Um, so I would have had two majors, both majors, the two biggest of the year. So that, that, that definitely would have, would have bumped the year up to probably about a, a a three or four. (laughs) Yeah. We, we, you know, I mean, honestly probably two or three. I mean, getting U.S. and Worlds in the same year. Yeah, and and I mean, I know at one point later in the year we made the joke that like you've you averaged one point five, you know, for yeah. uh, in terms of the majors and and you know an epic proportion with the the playoff in itself. Uh, quick side note and tidbit to that: in releasing some of the mixed doubles footage, I had a conversation with Rob Bolin from over there at Utah, and he said that. Originally, when hole 18 was designed at the fort, he wanted it shorter, and it was going to be essentially a par three. And he's like, thank God I got overruled. And then it later went on to, you know, give us two of the most, you know, historic finishes. And, and there's, you know, you know, a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas. But the fact that, 
you know, originally he thought of that as just basically a straight ahead par three shot as opposed to having the bend that it did. Now, maybe that's what you wish it would have been now, but uh, uh, just kind of a crazy side note to to think, you know, what that venue set up for us. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would change is if, if that wasn't a mandatory and there was like a, mm. a group of trees there to where the hyzer isn't even, even an option. I think that'd be the only thing that could make that hole any better. As far as a viewing point, I mean, they had the bleachers on the left side. They had the, they had the setup, you know, where the awards is going to be right there behind the basket to the right. And if that could have been a row of trees and OB over there, I think that's the only thing that would have made that hole better. I mean, that's probably the best hole hole on that course. Um, wow. As far as design. Okay, uh, and it's funny because I I don't I mean it it it. it gave us what it did but it wasn't one of my favorites and uh, so that's interesting that uh that you liked it that much um uh, the, are the teams set like come, everyone's thinking like oh we're still waiting on so and so and maybe such and such and blah 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 are these teams finally set or is there any announcements that that you're anticipating yet that are crazy that, or that still out there nobody knows yeah or that nobody knows um, things i mean a lot of people didn't see chris dickerson are. coming yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard when they still have years left on their contract. I think those mm-hmm. are the last people to really announce, too. You know, Rick, Chris, Haley, and then what is it, Nico and Kat are still left? Yeah, we, we you know, so we don't. So Nico still had a year left on his, and mm-hmm. I don't know what Kat's was. Um, so, I mean, it's all the, the people that still had years left on their contracts. Um, it, Well, you, you have the inside scoop, so it's not even fair to ask uh, if you know or, or where they're going or what they're doing, but... You know things. I've, I've heard. I've heard things. <laughs> what? What is? What is that? I mean, whether it's a Chris Dickerson that talks to you, or or any other players thinking about other teams, like uh, how, how much do people either reach out, ask for advice, or don't, or or you know, do you get involved with anyone else's they, conversations? Do people come to you? And, they clearly know cars. I mean, we we, all, we heard all about the Corolla conversation you had with the Dickersons about what's best for towing and <laughs> yeah. But do people come um, to you for advice in in some of these situations, yeah. whether it's discraft or otherwise? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they do, and it, and 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 I always I like to tell them all the same. I think I've told discraft this. I'm I'm always player first. Um, so you know, <laughs> if, if even if like Chris was like, hey, I'm stuck between Innova or uh, discraft, like what do you think? And it's always like, Hey, it's, it's what fits you best. You know, it's what, what your needs are. And, and you know, you know, with his contract, he said a lot of it's for his family and I need to look out for my family and this and that to where some people don't have that to where this sponsor might be a better opportunity for them. Um, you know, if, if Discraft is offering him an RV and, and this and that, and they're like, uh, you know, I like my van. I like this and that, you know? So, so I've always been player first with a lot of these. So I, I do get asked a lot for, Tip. Harrison, he was dreaming. Walked right through that door. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's. Um, don't worry, Hannah's hi, there. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Anna. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was asleep there, and he just started dreaming. But um, but yeah, so so a lot of players do reach out, and I think um, I forgot the second part of that question. Sorry. Uh, just yeah, if, if you know you, I was talking about um, you know if you're given uh, giving advice and how many people are reaching out to you and yeah yeah you you answered that yeah yeah 
Yes. Oh, yeah. The thing I was going to add is, I mean, I'm going into my 15th year as a professional, so I feel like I've I've been there, seen a lot, failed, succeeded in a lot of things. So I can kind of give that advice to to a lot of these players and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I welcome anyone that reaches out to me and, and asks questions because uh, I am open about it because, you know, it it it, it is tough. You know, if, if especially if you're your own representation, it's it's really hard. So I do encourage a lot of players to to try to find representation because it makes it so much easier to have someone else speaking for you and representing you. Because, I mean, they can make you sound like the number one player in the world, uh, <laughs> even if you aren't. But that's their job is to to sell you. So, um, so yeah. We, we've seen, I'll go down that route then, we've seen player management groups and, and representation, um, uh, LWS, or Schaefer Sports specifically, uh, also the, uh, the, the disc golf uh, management group, and we've seen some others in the past, some that you've been involved with. Um, where are you personally uh, aligned with, uh, with any kind of management? Are, do you have any representation? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I do. And uh, I don't know if that's going to be public yet or not. Um, I'll find out here soon and, and see what the deal is on that. But but yeah, as far as you know, you, you brought up what I used to have um, DGI, Disc Golf Initiative. So they were my original agent. Um, when I first switched over to Discraft, they kind of went and talked with Innova, talked with Discraft. I think those were the only two. Um, and kind of did that negotiating and, and I learned a lot from them because I wanted to be, I wanted to know the ins and outs of contracts because I, I'm, that stuff, you know, is interesting to me because it kind of helps me know what my value is and how I can help a company and, and how I can also maximize my sponsorship deal and just kind of the ins and outs. And that's how we were able to come up with the four years million dollar original deal, um, and finding out how, how to make Discraft happy and how to make myself happy and meet in the middle while maximizing the contract at the same time. So, so Sam Hassel was negotiating that all, doing all the talking. I was never in a meeting with either. Uh, I was never in a meeting with either of them until it was my time to say, tell Innova that, all right, I'm, I'm going a different direction. That was the mm. first time I had a meeting with them about it was, was <laughs> when I was leaving. Um, so it made it so much easier on me. I could just focus on playing, and and that was the year I was able to win USDGC, my final year, because I was just focused on playing and let him do all that that talking. Um, and then uh, and then yeah, that kind of went under after that. They had some internal issues go on, but but it is it is a really hard thing to find someone that you trust to talk about you and and look out for the best you know your best interests. So. Uh, it is a hard thing because you do have to trust them and hope they're going to do the best. But, uh, but yeah, if if uh, if that does for my representation go public, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it the next time I'm on here. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I yeah, I do have. Well, like I said, I was saying to Ricky and Ari and having that kind of conversation, because obviously she's acting as the tour manager and then he's going to have, you know, ultimately representation for sponsors. Seems like sponsors largely that are outside of disc golf, which I feel like is okay. is kind of this interesting caveat that a few of these relationships have been. It's like I have a sponsor, but I want you to go get sponsors that aren't disc golf related and, you know, and act on that behalf. I think we're just kind of wading through like what's the the right mechanism but you you bring up a great point about trust these people need to know you intimately and work in your best interest 
but there's probably still this awkwardness of there's a lot of people that just want to be fanboys and get to know you better and will say or yeah. do anything to feel like hey maybe we can you know work out a deal or represent you and I I, I worry that that's a challenge that we have in in all of disc golf right now. No, yeah, it's definitely difficult. I mean, in every sport, you know, you hear all these horror stories of how people got taken advantage of. They let mm-hmm. their best friend be their manager or their agent, and they were taking five thousand dollars a month and putting it in their yeah. So, I mean, there's horror yeah, stories. You could look at any which direction and find it. Um, so, hopefully, that doesn't happen in disc golf. You know, but disc golf can be around for a long time. So, I'm sure, <laughs> sure, someone, yeah. someone's lifetime yeah. we'll see. We'll have our own disc golf horror story. So. Um, but yeah, it is difficult. Um, but you know, I think I think it's something that's going to be needed, especially you know how we we're talking about these contracts and things like that. It, it's it's going to be big. Like um, <clears throat> I had a I had a manager this year, um, and well, when I signed my my new deal, when I signed my renegotiated deal with Discraft, like first thing was like, all right, we're going to put this money here. We're going to make sure you have this. We're going to make sure you have that. And and you know, finding the correct CPA, the correct financial advisor the correct investments and all this stuff and then like my favorite thing was they're like all right you're going to take this little amount here and that's going to be what you live off of <laughs> like that's going to be your personal the rest is is going to go into this taxes blah blah scariest parts taxes that's mm-hmm. what i hate dealing with i'll put all my money over there if i have mm-hmm. to for now just to be safe <laughs> not get in trouble but uh mm-hmm. but yeah it's 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 great having someone working for you that can get all those things lined up and make sure that you're, you're meeting your deadlines and you're meeting all this because that, I mean, that could be so overwhelming that you just push it to the side one month and then all of a sudden you're behind so far. So, um, and then yeah, being and the, able to answer emails and such is, it's one of the hardest things. Yeah. And then Pete Rose shows up at your door and <laughs> next thing you know, you have to have a talk with him and his agency or something. I don't yeah. know. So <laughs> th- this year we saw the disc golf pro tour bring in, uh, you know, some, uh, especially for the tour finale, some outside sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I think we saw LL Bean, Johnsonville. There was one more big uh, gu- guarantee rate. Mm-hmm. So those are like the three yep. big ones. Do you see 2022 being any different for the players? Because we saw them sponsor the tour, but still we have not really seen a, a, a huge outside sponsor coming for some players, have we? If Johnsonville sponsors you, we're talking brats. We're all talk- right, we're going to have a podcast. I'm driving weekly, up the road to Johnsonville. Yeah, we're going yeah, to be talking brats. But, but uh, yeah, do you do, do you see outside sponsorship coming soon for players? Or maybe you have a, an announcement. <laughs> Talking brats. No, I don't, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> I don't have an announcement. It would have been so such a good I'll setup, Johnny. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely think they will. Uh, I, <laughs> I think the reason the tour is getting these sponsorships right now is because they have the right people in the right places. You know, Sean Jack is really good at what he does, and he's mm-hmm. out there, I'm sure, reaching out to these companies and being like, hey, this is the tour that I have. Look at what we have here. These are the athletes that are competing in it. You should, you know, you should be the face of this tour right now or our tour championship, you know, with guaranteed rate Johnsonville and, and uh, L.L. Bean. So, you know, that's only going to help us as players down the road because they're going to want to be at more than just one event. They're going to see, you know, oh, they'll look at probably the social medias and stuff like that. Pro Tour has X amount, 50, I'm just going to throw a number out, 50,000, but this player has 150,000. Like, mm-hmm. we want to be in front of three times the amount of people if we sponsor that player. And, and you know, maybe they're dumping 
ten to fifty thousand dollars in that tournament. If they're dumping that into a player, like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's only going to help the players. I don't know if anyone's in contact with anything, but I mean, <laughs> um, what is that LWS you were just saying? That's uh, yeah, that, that's the accounting side, and then I think uh, Schaefer Sports uh, is also then his company yeah. that will that's player that's working agency. on the player agency. Mm-hmm. You know, Paige, Ricky, yeah. Missy, I think all on board. Yes. So I mean that that was once an outside the sport company. So mm-hmm. uh, now, I was just going to follow up outside the sport. You you showed up at uh I, I guess specifically usdgc this year uh sporting some new threads Brittany talked about uh doing some of the product shoot for that well, wh- where does that where does that stand and uh do, do you have any updates one way or another is that partnership continuing is that something you're still exploring or are you negotiating or where does that stand who break it down for everybody well we're still exploring definitely um yeah so mccain and i we had some talks this winter and they they sent me an offer, and we kind of sent a counter offer, and it looked like it was working out. And uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know if the demand from disc golf was too high, but they said like pretty much we won't be able to meet the demand, so we're gonna have to step back from this because we don't have the infrastructure to to keep up essentially to make the product. And I don't know what's going on. You know, they're in Sweden, so mm. uh, I don't know what's going on over there, but. Uh, um, so we kind of just were like, all right, you know, if, they, if things change, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, but, but they do still, I think they still have an offer that's acceptable for maybe some other players. That, I was just going to say like, if that, you're you know? too big. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean that, I think that door is still open for some other players. Um, mm. so I, I think, uh, you know, my, my management will, will reach out to some players who think that that'll fit with. So. Um, hopefully that can that can work out for for some other players and and to be honest i mean i'm sure i'll still wear mccade at some events i'll still wear nike or adidas unless Mm -hmm. i land something else i'm not going to be brand loyal to anyone um i'm going to wear what i want to wear and it doesn't have to be a disc by any means but what what's the what's the wildest or crazy offer or opportunity i'll use in air quotes (laughs) that has crossed your desk recently i mean somebody just with the, I don't know, give, give us something wild or out of the, maybe or wild or unique. Has there been any, you know, anything like, hey, I, you know, I own a limo service. I'll, I'll drive you around the whole country in a limo, which would be crazy. But um, anything crazy? Oh, man. Um, a shoelace sponsor. I mean, <laughs> no. nothing? <laughs> no. Um, shoot. Doesn't get much wilder than beef jerky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely one of the most interesting for sure. I'm trying to look around and just get ideas of something. Um, that anybody's reached out to you and been like, hey. Well, I, would- so, I mean, I mean, I, so I've been reached out by companies and given free products and stuff like that. But not mm-hmm. that I would say that's endorsement deal or anything. Like, like one of the most interesting was uh, uh, Blackwater. You ever heard of that? Okay. Is it's that like, like the Mudwater people? Is it similar? Not not necessarily, but it's like you'll see it in the store, and it's like a bottle, and it's like literally a black liquid, and there it says BLK. Okay. Um, they sent me cases of stuff, some water, uh, and I don't know exactly what, but some of the flavored ones are really good. But like that's, I mean, I get hit up on Instagram a lot, and they'll like send me products and things like that. But uh, I can't think of anything. Wild are you anywhere with uh, Celsius? Oh, while well, you think about that, are you anywhere? Is it is it Celsius? Are you? 
in any conversations with them? Do you just enjoy their product right uh, now? Well, so that was a brand deal. I'm not a big fan of brand deals. I did that and I just, it, it, it was cool because, you know, in, in our contract, uh, I was able to negotiate, you know, that they, I took less so they would donate more to the Pollock Beth Foundation. Mm. Um, so I kind of put that in, in our deal, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I like the product, um, but we're not any further on anything as far as a sponsorship or contract. Uh, I know they, they were kind of switching through people at the same time too. So the one that I had connections with when I did my first, first deal with them is gone now. So it's like, trying to re get that connection. It's, it's kind of difficult at times. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I, I think becomes the hardest because that's where Adidas and Adidas Terrace was when that originally happened was, um, uh, Diane ended up retiring. So now all of a sudden you're, you lose your <laughs> connection there and you have to start all over and find the right person. And, and now you have to make that connection with them until it's like, well, do they even like me? <laughs> so if they like you, it's a lot easier. If they don't know or don't want to waste their time, then it's a little bit harder, but but yeah, Celsius was a brand deal, um, so I did get paid for that, and I did have to do a little bit of Instagrams, posts, and things like that. But I like it just being organic. That that wasn't as fun to be having to like, hey, here's my picture. Do you guys approve of it? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, this is what I'm gonna caption it. Is that okay? Yes. So it's like I like just having my picture and thinking of my caption on the spot and be like, all right, that fits that. I want to do that and post it and not have to wait a day or a week potentially. So okay. um, not fun for me. But, <laughs> yeah. I but mean, there are definitely those opportunities for a lot of people. Yeah. Do you see those, do you see those becoming more frequent for even if you don't like them, but like you just said, maybe for other, other players that would jump on that. Do you see those, those are popping up and becoming more of a, uh, a thing for other players. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Brody's probably the biggest example. He just did that one with Fireball the other day, where he just <laughs> yeah. threw a, a putter into a basket and said some things and and um, whatnot. And I, I think Kona has done a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if she was at the paid point and things like that, but she's definitely done some. Uh, I'm sure there's some other people out there. Holly, I'm sure, has done plenty, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but yeah, some people are just natural at that and they like doing that. But me, I, I'm more of the sponsorship to where I want to perform and promote your company because I believe in your product. Not just, I don't, I don't drink, so I'm not going to do a fireball ad, mm-hmm. you know. But maybe, maybe there's something like uh, when I was down in Mexico, there was a lot of Bruce Willis commercials for Tecate because they had their new mm. zero alcohol mm-hmm beers you know so it's like oh that's something you know i I could probably do because it is zero alcohol but Mm -hmm. i want to be cool and hang out with those people so (laughs) (laughs) well i mean johnny and i kind of made that joke when you know i mean for those in the disc golf community that maybe haven't been out a few nights people like steve rico for instance really enjoys his fireball and and so when we saw you know you see the ad by brody and thinking, not thinking of Brody as someone that necessarily is a drinker. Yeah, to to someone that's in the know or or maybe even cares or not, I don't know. Thinks, oh, that seems a little out of character. And so I think you're saying that you really want to make sure it's it's a symbiotic, you know, mutual relationship if you're gonna sign on with someone. Yeah, and that that's just that's just me, you know. Sure, I, I don't of fault course. anyone for wanting to do it too. Yeah, they don't like the product, but someone's willing to pay them to do it, and it's no hassle to them. Why not? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you brought up Adidas t- uh, Terex, and and at one point, I think uh, part of the relationship was them giving you a lot of product to be able to wear and to be able to use and so on. But then you really wanted to, you know, get a little more serious with them, so to speak, and, and wanted, you know, a cash deal, something that involved actual compensation. Is there is there any... Um, of that discussion that comes back around, or is there is there any other you know leads that are kind of you know, or or do you find you get kind of stonewalled right at the? Eh, we don't really want to give you money, but we'll give you plenty of merch. Well, so like Adidas, for example, I think the I got paid one year. I think I got paid two years, but the last year I was there, I think I got paid like between ten or fifteen thousand for the year from them, mm-hmm. and like an unlimited amount of shoes, but. If you look around disc golf, there's definitely way more than ten to fifteen thousand dollars worth of Adidas shoes out there that people are wearing. So it's more so that I didn't feel like I was getting my worth from them. Uh, but mm. it was kind of like talking with Diane. It was like kind of like, hey, that's the maximum we can offer because that's our branch. We're not Adidas. Sure. Um, so that's kind of the 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 wall that I ran into was all right. I got to get from here to Adidas. But that connection and her retiring was kind of like a lot of things weren't working out in my favor. So um, it just, that's kind of where, that's kind of where that, that one ended to where I think they have a great shoe. I think a lot of companies have great shoes, but I think that one for me was the best overall because of the way that I plant, the way that I throw, it was just built and designed the way for my throwing style to where a lot of people that, that kind of like, you'll see Calvin wears the fly knits to where, that's the shoe that works for him. Is work the word? Is work? Does it really I, work I, for him? I think he needs that, or else he'd blow out his ankles week after week. So, okay. Okay. Um, so I mean, that's that's some things that I, I've personally ran into, and it's like at some point, you know, I I think my value is worth more than ten ten to fifteen thousand dollars with them, so I have to walk away. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't take that. Um, and, and I've said this other times, but if I take a sponsorship for, I'm just going to go lower. If I take a sponsorship for five grand being one of the top players in the sport, that means the maximum we're going to pay someone is five grand because that's what the number one player in the world's getting. So that means you should get less, you know, to the people below me. And and I'm kind of valuing the sport. I'm kind of putting the ceiling on the sport right there. So, um, you know, I think a lot of players need to learn to, to say no where hey it is five grand you know five grand is five grand but like my value is worth more than that so sometimes players have to walk away from that because you know if 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 i can take the one deal for 50 grand that kind of allows those other five sponsors to where if i just took five for five grand or five or ten for five grand you know to get to that 50 grand now if i take one for 50 grand it allows those other nine companies to go go find a player and it kind of brings it up a little bit more too to where, okay, if Paul's signing for 50, we should offer so-and-so 40, you know, and so-and-so 30. Um, and that, I mean, that's my opinion. Sure. Is it the truth? Who knows? But uh, but that's just kind of how I like to look at it is, is sometimes you do have to walk away from, from that to, 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 to for the better of the sport. Yeah, I, and I think maybe early in the season in 2022, right before we get started off at a big event, you, you know, it's the lead card – and maybe just before the crowd and, and Jeff and everyone is quieted down the, the stands, you could just turn to the rest of the people on the lead card and say, hey, Chris Dickerson and, 
and KJ and Calvin. I just want you guys to know, I turned down ten grand last night, and I did that for you. <laughs> All right, I'm doing that for you guys. I don't think that. No. <laughs> okay, no, uh, no, but you, you're abs- the the way you're looking at it makes perfect sense, and and it's the exact same concept, really, of your contract with Discraft being public because you then are kind of officially setting a bar or a standard. And if you set that bar low, then presumably everything else will be below it. So when you have that new bar yeah. set, it, mm-hmm. it, it raises the, it, it's a new benchmark. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's kind of notable with the, when I signed my first contract with Discraft. I don't know if I said this already, but uh, when I signed my first deal with Discraft, you know, when the four years, $1 million, like that's, I mean, Ricky could still be at latitude for all we know. If those sure. numbers weren't public, but he sees his values a little bit higher now, so maybe I should go shop the market a little bit more, <laughs> and maybe he got more at Innova. Mm-hmm. And then you know, now I signed ten years, ten million. He's like, wait, my value is worth way more than what I'm getting here at Innova. Maybe I should go mm-hmm. shop the market some more. And now he's getting a million dollars a year, the same amount. So, um, you know, I think with the numbers being public, it's definitely made a shift in that that point because now, who knows? Maybe Ricky was making fifty, seventy grand four years ago and now he's here making seven figures a year so um you know i think i think those numbers being in public do definitely help does does someone like a a simon or an eagle who again i don't think all the details were released necessarily but they locked into a contract a couple years ago and that was pre-covid pre-big disc golf boom and burst uh were, were are they at any disadvantage should they is it fair for them to be upset, or do you do you feel like maybe behind the scenes they actually did renegotiate uh, now that we've seen such an explosion, um, or is that something they just may have to ride out? Are well, they underpaid? I mean, so one thing, <laughs> one thing I really like to look at is other sports, other sports contracts, especially mm-hmm. baseball and things like that. Uh, you know, like in baseball, it's really popular to have a, a player a player option. You know, you have mm. your, your guaranteed three years and then maybe you can you have in your contract where you have two years of a player option after to where if you're like, hey, I really like this team. I like the money I'm getting. I'm going to take this deal again where, you know, I make the same amount or more, but I'm here and I'm, I'm in this spot and then so on and so on to where with disc golf, you know, I think for us, we're going to have to have like renegotiation clauses in our contract to where. You know, after my first two years, with well, maybe it was just a year. I think first two years with Discraft, we renegotiated and had another contract. And then, you know, maybe after this coming year, we'll renegotiate again to where my contract can't go down, but it can go up depending on the number. So it can grow with the sport um, and things like that to where depending on who was a part of Eagle and Simon's contract – you never know what theirs says. Uh, you know, if they had someone representing them, they're going to look out for their best interests because if they're getting a cut, they're going to want to maximize this contract to where, hey, we're going to re- renegotiate every two years or we're, we're going to evaluate it and renegotiate after every year to where someone that's representing you and gets a, gets a cut of your, your contract or a percentage, they're going to want to put that stuff in there because they know that sports can grow. And even if it dips, they're going to put in like, it can't go down. It can only go mm-hmm. up, you know? So that's kind of what, what these, these agents and lawyers and whatever else, you know, you have rep- or whoever else you have representing you will do. So who knows what Eagles and Simons is, is and I think dismay is probably one of the, the hardest to get any numbers out of or, or things like mm-hmm. that to, to hear any behind the scenes stuff. And 
and that might just be because they were a part of Innova. Um, you know, Innova, you don't hear any numbers ever coming out of there. So um, maybe it's just something they've, they've taken over as well with them. A little bit of the culture, uh, possibly. And, and uh, I throw out the disclaimer every week that I don't deserve, I have no rights or deserve to know the numbers. I We like to know them sure. because we're nosy and because that's human nature. I, I still don't feel like I deserve to know what you're making. It's it's honestly not my business, but um, no, clearly I, I sports goes thing. in the way that we, you know, that that it's going that way. Yeah. No, I, I think the same thing. No one deserves to know what we're making, uh, but it definitely helps bring mm-hmm. eyes to the sports, you know, or eyes to the sport, you know, from the outside world. I think, uh, you know, they see that number and, and it, it, it's so, so weird that people just wow over money. But uh <laughs> But, you know, you hear, like, someone's making a million dollars selling a disc in a park right now. Can you believe that? You know, like, yeah. people are going to get interested and just look over at it and see. Maybe they get hooked. Maybe they're like, what, what is that? But they at least looked over there and saw us playing disc golf So in some way. So um, it's just it's one way right now. So you're, you're in this position, maybe in theory better than most. There's always a conversation, and it's in the chat board right now, so I'll, I'll bring it up. There's always a conversation of so-and-so should be getting a portion of the company, a share of the company, uh, a cut. Part ownership is usually the phrase that gets thrown around, and specifically uh, Cody just you know said that about Eagle and Simon and Discmania. Um, is it fair to say that that is absolutely not commonplace in disc golf and it's just kind of funny that that's that's an easy go-to solution for a lot of people or 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 is it happening yeah, i mean, I mean I uh, do you own 68 no, percent of discraft now i mean tell us <laughs> no i don't even think i could buy a portion of them if i wanted right now <laughs> okay but i uh i um I don't know where that's even common practice. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't so think it's that, common it practice in any company or any business, I, so to speak. I don't feel like it is either. But, but it's funny that disc golf. So, you know, people said that of Kenny. You know, people said that. Well, maybe of a Barry. You know, in his and, heyday. And I mean, does it does it and, and, go back to the prodigy days? Like, uh, I mean, you ask a prodigy player if they saw any money from that. Yeah. I well. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't yeah. know how it worked. I was never a part of them, so I don't know. But yeah, I don't, you weren't good um, enough to be on the team. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they passed you up. I don't need that. Yeah. You know, we've been on the we've been on the air for seven years, like almost like right around the original, just after the original Prodigy stuff. Um, we don't need to rehash that. Go back to episodes <laughs> like five through ten, probably, folks. If you want to talk yeah. about that, <laughs> what's uh, what's Danny, Dana Vici's percentage in Smashbox? Uh, oh, oh, good call. Good Awkward. call. <laughs> yeah, <Ooh>. he's <laughs> um, sleeping. No, but I mean, as as far as as far as players, I mean, I, I look at it as like we're we're privileged to have sponsorships, you know, in disc golf. Like we're as a player, we're we don't des- we don't deserve to be sponsored. You know, it's a privilege to be sponsored um, because I mean they're willing to put their money invested into us because they feel like we're good representation for their company. So I've never looked as it like I deserve this. You know, it's it's always been a privilege to me. Uh, the only thing I deserve is if I get a first place trophy after shooting the best, you know, score at the tournament. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand that the ownership part. Okay, it's just, it's just a common, and and I, I, for some reason, it's a very common thing said in oh, disc golf. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, one thing I was gonna, one th- sorry, one thing I was gonna add too is, is, is 
as players, we're, I mean, we're athletes, we're disposable at the end of the day. You know, that's why that's, that's how, that's how it is. You know, the dismania, discraft, and they, they're going to, they're going to be around when we're done as players. You know, they've been here before we started. They're going to be here when we're done. So I don't see any reason as a, as a player, maybe if we can help in the company in some way, sure. You know, maybe down the road, we get some ownership, but that's going to be off the course stuff. Well, and that's where I think even maybe that original conversation always came about with with a Ken Climo over at Innova as, you know, you know, was he the the Michael Jordan, you know, to Nike? You know, it was Ken Climo that person at Innova as he was racking up, you know, a dozen world titles. He clearly was helping put and keep Innova on the map and in the forefront of disc golf. Uh, obviously, Innova had to be doing good big things to keep that train rolling too and you can't attribute it all to one person or another but i i just feel like that's where one of the conversations always started is like well you, you know you'd hear people always talk about well kenny has a certain percentage of innova and i just i never learned that to be actually true that was something that got thrown around a lot so here, here's the flip side of the question as we talk about sponsorships we have so many players and you just said it, it's a privilege to be sponsored are we are we at a saturation point where everybody thinks they deserve not only a a sponsorship but b like real money a six figure sponsorship six so figure even even you know whether it's twenty grand or fifty grand or seventy grand like those were numbers that were unheard of ten years ago and now I think everybody thinks they deserve fifty grand just for being on a team and running you know and traveling around have 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 yeah. we has it ballooned has it blossomed into or is it yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah. I mean, if I was to put like my business hat on, like I'm a manufacturer now, I, w- I want to sponsor the player that's going to bring me the most value to my company, whether it's as a spokesperson, whether it's as a player, getting in front of the media, who's going to represent my brand the most, my company the most. Because if they're bringing me in a lot of dollars, that means I can give back, them back a lot uh, and make it in my, my con- you know, make it in my sponsorship to them. So, um, I mean, I guess, yeah, it can get saturated, but I think I've said this for many years that there's too many people sponsored in disc golf in in the sense of some of these teams had 300 plus people on them um, to where, you know, let's just say you have a million dollars and you kind of just flatten that out between 300 people. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of capped to where if you can, get your your athletes that are these spokespeople for you or these uh these players that are just continuing to win for you um i think as a company that's what you really want to look for so it, i i don't want to say it's saturated because we have so many disc manufacturers now to where mm-hmm. you could have a a star player on almost every every team right now you know, a, a name that you've heard of on every different team to where maybe a company we've never heard of is offering to, to pay a player six figures or something like that. You know, we don't know what kind of money there is in all those other ones. But uh, but I think as these manufacturers continue to come into the sport, it kind of just shows that there is money in the sport if people are willing to invest in making a disc because they do see a return in that. Um, that that there is there is money in the sport. It's just if everyone goes to one company, then yeah, it might get saturated. But as people start to spread out, I think it kind of kind of shows that there is a there is a possibility for a lot of people to make a living doing this. And, and, and as long, I mean, as long as to me, I look at it from a manufacturer. As long as a player is 
is serving a purpose or serving a profit. I mean, not every player, not every sponsored player has to has to bring you in a particular profit, but that would help. But I think your big players should. I mean, we, we've we've seen yeah. smaller, like yeah. the Discraft Underground. You know, is your average yeah. underground player bringing in a profit? Maybe, but that's well, very I mean, difficult to tell. Yeah, if you just want to look at like stocks or things like that and compare the players to that, you're you're going to invest in the one that you think is going to bring you the most return, not one that you know is going to sink, but you really like that that company or you really like that stock. You're not just going to put it there to take a loss. You're going to want to get the one that makes the most profit. Um, so that, that's kind of how I look at it as well. Is, is you know yeah. they they want they want they're a business at the end of the day. They want to be successful and they want to make a lot of money and. Yeah, and I, I think about, and and this is of no disrespect to anyone, but I think of your, and the bar continues to uh, uh, be raised, but your 930 rated FPO player, insert whomever's name, whatever, and your, your, your 1018, your 1020 rated MPO player, like, they're clearly good, they, they clearly could potentially win on any given weekend, but are they are they worth ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand? How much are they worth? And then you think about just how many of them are there. There's a lot of them now, and I, it just at the, all this off season. I hear so much conversation about worth and social media and performance and value, as you're saying, Paul. But man, th- not everybody can get paid top dollar, and, and maybe that's no, just a harsh no. reality for some. I mean- I mean, I think that's everywhere in the world. You know, not everyone's going to get the top, the top job or the top, top dollar, like you said. And and I mean, it's sports too, so it's entertainment. You know, we're all entertainers at the same time. You know, if you if you really like watching the the movies and the recliners, you're going to pay top dollars over that instead of going to the seats that just fold up and they're hard plastic. Or sporting teams. You know, you see the Lakers tickets are way more than than the Oklahoma City Thunder. One, because they're more entertaining and they have the names that you know. Uh, you know, so it is it is entertainment at the end of the day as well, because that's why the Pro Tour is around right now and they have their subscription. It's because people are willing to pay because they really enjoy disc golf and they want to watch the top players in the world. Um, so, Yeah, an interesting phrase was uttered to me this weekend by a player, and they said, and, and it was talking about worth, it was talking about contracts, and they said, are we to be athletes or are we to be brand ambassadors or marketers? And depends on what clear, clearly the answer is what both? a combination of both. Yeah. They're the same thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, they meant it as like athlete, like an athlete that, that is focused on just performing at their elite level, top peak performance, because you, I mean, you, you can attest to this. If you had to worry nothing about anything else on the planet, other than throwing a Frisbee every day and not touch one email or one foundation or one, anything like that, that's laser focused to being nothing but the athlete. But you, you can't be just that you're more than that. It's a, yeah. Does it have to be a balance to get top dollar? Right. If that was it, I'd probably go insane. Like I'd get so okay. bored, or I'd go so <laughs> insane to where I just wouldn't have a life. But you could be ten seventy rated, though. Sure, <laughs> I was close, <laughs> but I still answered emails. Um, but, okay, okay, quit flexing. We got it. Yeah, you can email but, in one hand and make a putt with the other. I got it. <laughs> um, it's 
It, I mean, it is definitely a mixture of both. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you can, I'm going to use UFC, for example. It's like Conor McGregor mm-hmm. was both. You know, he was out there performing and he was being that entertainer that people love to watch. But you look at somewhere like uh, Kamaru Usman, who's absolutely winning and dominating, but he can't sell a fight worth anything. You know, like mm-hmm. that's why Conor McGregor is making 20 million a fight and Usman's maybe making two. You know, like if you can be both, that's what's going to get you the most. If you want to just be an athlete, you're going to probably just get an athlete contract. If you want to be just an entertainer or whatever, like you're probably just going to get that. But if you can do both, then you're going to get both of those contracts. So it, it is a fine line and it's really difficult. But that's where <laughs> I keep going back to this. That's where the agent, the manager and all that. Mm-hmm become so important because maybe they hire someone to help you with social media. Maybe they hire someone to, to do all these emails to where now you can focus on only being that athlete because you have someone there helping you do all this stuff to where, you know, it's not fun to spend money like that because you don't see that money come right back, but you're able to be that athlete even more and hopefully land more endorsements or sponsorships. Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, and a question I didn't quite get to asking Chris in a direct way really was going to say, hey, if your social media presence had been already more established, would there have been even more value to you to Discraft or value uh, to Discraft of you? Um, you know, Chris is on social media, but yeah, he's not super active. Yeah, but the answer is yes. I mean, if he had a huge social media presence, yeah, we know that he would have been worth even more. And yeah. his goal is to had- get to that position. Yeah, if I had two million followers on Instagram, I'd probably make more than I make now. It might not all be from it might not be from Discraft, but probably somewhere else. Uh, so what, you don't have to name names, but how many? Uh, unless you want to, <laughs> here's your here's your uh, ask for the flex. Uh, how many like le- would you say legitimate celebrities and or legitimate sports figures have you bonded or or made had relationships with that? um you know are are like a real relationship i know you have some with uh well a number of players including everyone that was at the pro-am but mm-hmm. how many top level um, athletes would you say that you've you, you have some form of a relationship like honestly, with like fr- like honestly friends with um maybe not quite like friends like you're gonna call each other after after well, a round but yet because that's not weird to say okay <laughs> so like i mean like obviously the ones from the pro-am uh, I talk a lot to to Ben, Julian, and stuff like that. But outside that, Markinen, Lowry Markinen, super cool. Yep. Um, like you saw, Drew was just at the game yesterday. I'll be at his Charlotte's game on the fourth, okay, of February. And then Dylan Cease is at the pro am. I don't know the guy personally, but Nick Carl texted me the other day. He's like, you know how I know you're famous? He goes, the the guy that just took second at the World Dart Championships follows you on Instagram. <laughs> so, okay. So I think he was flexing on Simon. With that. <laughs> I was just going to say, if he doesn't follow Simon, that would be the real kick <laughs> since Simon's, you know, the hardcore dart player. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, able, I was able to play around with Amir Garrett not that long ago, so that was cool. Okay. For the Cincinnati Reds. Um, and then... I mean, that's, that, those are the only ones I would really name off top. Okay, that, okay. That, I mean, but you, true. you've had you know reach outs and at least chats or yeah. hellos and and follows yeah. and whatnot with some other legitimate celebrities. Yeah, I mean, I'm a nerd out too, but I, I uh, 
my fa- my favorite ones are uh, I was able to um, have a conversation with one of the like agents for uh, Scott Boris mm-hmm. and hear Scott Boris on a phone call actually like talk and 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 like that was super cool. That's something I really nerded out with. And then mm-hmm. talking to some other big agencies like uh, Wasserman, um, they're they're like top five in the world. So that that's. Uh, that stuff is, is fun to me. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's exciting. I, I would love to sit in yeah. on a conversation, uh, listen to Scott Boris trying oh, to negotiate or do so, or whatever he was doing, even if he was ordering a pizza, you know, trying, yeah, no, trying that to. Guy, yeah. that, guy is, that guy is so smart. And, and it's so funny because he reminds me of someone like uh, uh, someone like uh, Harold Duvall to where it's like, mm. I just know, like, I'm just, I just know so much. I'm just so smart, but I just. It just it just comes out of me like I, I can't help it. It's just how I talk. Hmm. And he's like, I just talk facts. That's all I talk. <laughs> and it's just like I can never disagree with you. Uh, like, and then there's also a handful of of bands that either you have tickets with or a, a relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. with that you go back and forth with, right? Yes, a lot of bands. Yeah. Um, uh, my brother just went to a, a concert not that long ago. Um, what's it? Is it? I think it's Wage War. Yeah, Wage War. Okay. Uh, he went to that concert and uh, he found out one of the one of the guys is a is a disc golfer and they he's challenged us online a couple of times. Now. <laughs> he's like, I'm practicing. I'm gonna get out there and, and take you guys out. So uh, definitely a lot of bands um, and things like that. But awesome. Is there anyone you whether it's through your your uh your popularity or otherwise, anyone you really want to meet that like you're aspiring or, or hoping to f- somehow connect with anyone in particular? I mean, I think the big one for a lot of people would be, well, it used to be Kobe, um, but uh, Tiger Woods would be a really cool one. Um, okay. And low key, I, I heard there's some, uh, some cool things that could potentially happen with my foundation mm. and, and uh, some things over there. So, so we'll see, but that that's definitely one um, that I mean I've looked up to my whole career, and um, but yeah, I mean I, it's so funny because when I meet these people, it's just like they're they're regular people just like us. Yeah. So so I mean they're just really good at what they do. Um, so. <laughs> Okay, just like, uh, and, like so many people, like you guys too. So, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, that that was that was the vibe at the pro am for certain. I mean, yeah. just hanging hanging out, watching watching Dylan, you know, ask Ricky and Eagle for forehand tips. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're a professional baseball player, and he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I don't. And I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, are, are they going to ask you for curveball tips later? I don't know. Like, what are you going to do? So. Uh, also speaking, and we're going to start wrapping it up, but speaking of people that are really good at what they do, uh, there is a lot of dyers, disc dyers out in the community. Mm-hmm. Pastry dyes is, is local and is a huge help to me and to getting footage and whatnot. But, uh, I'll, you guys, you and Dylan did a little bit of a, uh, a dye contest slash fundraiser, uh, break that all down for everyone. Yeah. So, uh, Dylan and I, we went, uh, we met up and we, it was like a last minute there. I felt bad, but, uh, you know, I had the, the Plumber Beth foundation trip going down to South America and Mexico and, and, uh, doing that whole, whole little trip. So I thought, um, uh, he was, at, <laughs> he's, he's funny. Cause he just loves buying discs. He just <laughs> loves cool looking discs. And, okay. uh, 
So I think he was showing off one of his dyed ones. And, and Mike, you mentioned pastry dyes. And a lot of people have reached out to me and, and, and just given me dyed discs. And I thought, hey, like I'd love to give back in some way, but also donate and do it for a good cause at the same time. So um, I, I tossed the idea to Dylan and he said, that'd be awesome. And he was starting his YouTube channel at the same time. So I thought this would be a good one to kind of just like, here, let, let's get some videos under your belt and, and you know, see how you do with something pretty simple. Um, so through the message out there to every disc dyer, um, disc artist, or as some like to be called, dialogists. Um, so that was one of my favorite terms. <laughs> wow. Okay. But, uh, it's a new one for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so we just kind of threw it out there and said, hey, we're going to do this contest. Uh, Dill and I, we're going to open up every package live or not live or open it up on camera and mm -hmm. talk about what we think about it, what we like about it. And maybe some just might just be like, what, what is this? But, uh, we didn't run into many of those, but, uh, just kind of like, Hey, we want to showcase your art because this is art, you know, this is, you know, it's incredible work that they do. And, uh, so we, we opened those up and we did a bunch of videos. He still has one more, to, mm. to drop a fourth one but he unfortunately him and his family got covid so they kind of kind of went you know went away for a little bit but uh um so we opened up hundreds of packages and just kind of showcased a lot of these dyes so if you do want to see it, it's on dylan cease's youtube channel um and not only did we open up all these discs and, and kind of just showcase these artists we were able to take a majority of them down to these projects with the Palm Beth Foundation to Mexico, Guatemala, and Colombia and donate them to whether it's the club so they can give them out for prizes and future events or just kids coming out for the first time ever. Um, so, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing to get the, the love and support that we did from the disc dyers and, uh, um, yeah, just being able to contribute that. And, and, Dylan and I did keep our favorites, so we did keep a handful mm. of our favorites. So okay. I did do a video. Did uh, I? Th I think I dropped it on my channel with the disc <laughs> that I kept. I did definitely drop it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, so that awesome. that was that was a really cool, fun video, and and just to see the support and just the incredible work that they do was was uh, really fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's uh, again that none of that is is of my uh, high interest, but. Uh, and it's only because I'm not graphically inclined. So I, but I love seeing what they can all do, and and just the science and the technology and everything else and that, that effort I mean, that they the go effort, through. Yeah, it's cutting all, all of the little pieces when they want to do. It's that. all it insane. Be, yeah, it would be really cool to see how some of them do it too, and how they do the yeah. stencils and all the multicolors. Because you do see real small clips, but some of them I'm just like, how did you? put 18 different colors on this one disc without yeah. mixing them <laughs> it is it is uh amazing and then uh one of the final shout outs or plugs that i want to get in there uh recently she's uh taken to her own channel she, she says she doesn't need you anymore or you're just uh you're just there for the views i don't know but hannah hannah starting her own youtube channel give uh give everyone what they should expect uh if they're out there looking for the hannah Macbeth channel yeah, so she's wanted to start her channel for probably a year or so now, uh, for a long time. Uh, but, you know, I was kind of like, hey, like, let's just dedicate the time and focus to this one. And I think once it hit 100,000, that's kind of where she's like, all right, I'm doing my own thing. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is successful. We got it there. Let uh -huh. me do my own thing. But uh, I, I think she's going to be all over the board with her content. But right now, a lot of them are, are the, uh, the behind-the-scenes kind of documentary of her trip 
when we went down to Guatemala. I think she was mm. working on one from Colombia. Um, but I mean, I, I hear she's going to do from that to cooking, baking. Mm. Um, I don't know what else, but she's she's got a list of ideas. I mean, she does her own. She, she I mean, she does the podcast already, the party, the party podcast mm-hmm. uh, with Christine Jennings. So, I mean, she does a lot of stuff on her computer, a lot of like work with uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour and things like that. So, I have no clue what all she's going to put on it, but <laughs> she is going to continue to make stuff and just, I mean, share her personality with everyone because she she truly loves editing videos, like. You can see the effort she puts into the videos on on my channel. Well, I should mm-hmm. say our channel, but uh, you know, you see the effort that she puts into them, and, and she she does make really good videos. Because I can tell you, the video that we dropped today, my brother and I were terrible at it, and she made it <laughs> fun and entertaining. Like, awesome. We were miserable out there. Like, she made it look like we had a good time. So. Uh, all right all right or she's just really deceptive one of the two or she's really good at it. <laughs> she's good and she was very I, I follow her on instagram as everybody should and she was extremely happy and proud about her new purple light she said i feel like a real streamer now yeah that you've got you know the same well, light so that like, terry maybe has yep. it's not even purple like it's blue now she changes it all the time so uh, that's it behind me so it's, yeah it's got like 100 colors or something <laughs> Getting all, all wild and crazy over there at the McBath house. Yeah, all right, she actually did. She did blue to match you guys. Ah, oh, thanks. Oh, oh Hannah, thank she's so so sweet, thoughtful. Oh, she's uh, changing. She's in the. Oh, <laughs> there's the there's the purple streamer. Yeah, this is the color of my yeah. truck. Um, okay, so uh, we I, I just I have to say, of course, thank you. Uh, you guys had reached out and uh, you know volunteered to come in and, and share so much of this. Probably even needn't even plan on sharing this much, but uh, thank you so yeah, much for joining you. us. And uh, you're right, it has been long. I mean, normally we have like you know in the off seasons it's big big changes, and during the season it's it's wins. And uh, things have been uh, a little slow, so yeah. I mean, I'm, I know. And the I'm last time we, were, the last time we were going to have you on, you had like a tooth thing, and you uh, couldn't make it, and oh, so yeah, yeah, I think it was yeah. right after USDGC. Probably. See, that's funny because yeah. that, so I had USDGC, and then yeah, Pro Tour, I had the tooth infection. Yeah, that's what it was. Did they pull it? No, they didn't pull it. I had a root. I ended up getting a root canal the two days after the Pro Tour finals. So yeah, during the Pro Tour, I was all. I, I I don't take pills of any sort. Like even mm-hmm. aspirin is like very a lot is a lot for me. And mm-hmm. they had me on some stuff that week. That was <laughs> okay. I don't ever want to do that again. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, to get through that event. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do many interviews after USDGC or Pro Tour. Um, and then like after the season ended, I did not want to touch a disc for a long time. I was so burnt out from disc golf, uh, the mo- most I've ever been in my career. But wow. I'm excited to get back into it now. Yeah, I think it had to do with the COVID stuff and then what the year was like, uh, you know, going from like a 14 tournament year to back to a full tour. Mm-hmm. It just never, it did not seem like it was ever going to end. So when it did, I was done. You were done. Six or eight weeks. Yeah. Well, right. and that's awesome to hear that you recognize it and that you know, that in turn will likely rejuvenate and reinvigorate you for this 2022 season. Someone on the comments did have the great question and said, where are you going? You said earlier you were going to go to some warmer weather. Are you, are you going to head out to Cali with some family or are you, where, where, are you going to get warmed up somewhere? Practice? Yeah, definitely jumping around the country for a little bit uh, to go get to some warmer weather. Uh, I don't want to say where, because I don't want to get bombarded. <laughs> okay. Just in case, Understandable. Uh, at the, at the local area. But, um, 
uh, um, yeah, my tour is going to start later than most too. I'm not starting till March. Really? I did take, yeah, I did take that long break. So I want to make sure I'm ready for the season. So, um, Memorial will be my first event. Okay. So, what? You, so you're, you're missing out or you're, you're, you're choosing to skip the Vegas event and mm-hmm. going to go and Memorial is the week after Vegas. Is that right? Yeah. First weekend. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. so from, no, so no all-star, no Vegas. So, right. wow. Interesting. No disc golf con. We'll see. Maybe I'll make an appearance. All right. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. Well, this out. is. Put out, out oh, oh th- th- yeah. No, the question I wanted to ask you um, originally you, when you had released your tour, and this can be our last question, your tour yeah. schedule, you had said you were not going to play the major. Well, now the PBG has kind of done the little change to their format. Are you going to play the uh, Champions Cup? I am now. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I, 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 uh, I definitely put that out there and was like, I'm, I'm going to make it public that I'm not playing this. Like I've told them multiple times, like I'm not going to play this format. I'm not going to win a tournament and then go and win it again. Like that's my biggest fear is <laughs> so you go and win the tournament and then mm-hmm. it's like, ah, we're just kidding. <laughs> let's play some more disc golf. Like let's start over. <laughs> uh, yeah, cause that, would, that would suck for anyone. Yeah. You know, what's the point of winning the tournament if you still have to play again? Um, so uh, I, I just was like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, I kind of, I think I might have said it. Like, I'm not going to be made a joke out of this. Like, I want to go and play a major. If it's going to be a major, like, let us play, let us compete. Okay. You know the way that disc golf should be. I'm I'm all for if it's a straight up match play event, then that's fine. You know, like it's a match sure. play event. Don't don't try to make them weird a weird format. Some so, hybrid. Um. So I did. I mean, I did talk to some people at PDJ and and let them know. Like, I'm I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not going to play this. Like, I already got approval from my sponsors. Made sure and check everything. And they're like, yeah, if that, that's how you feel about it, that's okay with us. And, and, and you know, we're behind you in that. And they changed the format. So I, I, I'm not saying it was just me. I think a lot of no. players yeah. had that sentiment was... towards the PDJ, and, and that's what it was. But I might have been the only one to actually go public and say that. Hmm. Well, so, now we're going to see. Yeah, the, I will be at that now. Yeah, the straight-up stroke play and the Champions Cup taking place and uh, looking forward yeah. to it. I mean, if they want to try that format in some other tournament, go for it. Don't just do it first time ever in a major. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it is a great format. We'll we'll see when they test out a a C tier, like they suggest. Sure. (laughs) Good call. Fantastic. All right, Paul. Well, we're going to let you go. I know you got putting to do and stuff. Uh, She's still awake. She is. She's on our boards. She's definitely awake. Yeah, she's out there. You can get just like 50 or 100 more putts in. Yeah. And uh, big shout out. Thank you, Hannah, who I know has been lurking around on the board and helping out. So thank you, Hannah. And uh, Paul, uh, we wish you the best and safe travels. And one way or another, I think I'll probably run into you in one of these. One of these warmer I'll cities. See you in, uh, yeah, I'll either see you at Disc Golf Con or Memorial. We'll see. Okay. Or maybe both. Anything's Fantastic. possible. All right, everyone. Both. That is five-time world champ Paul McBath. Thanks for joining us. Have a good night. And uh, yeah. as you know, you've got the special McBath phone. You can call in any time. We'll take your call. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. All Thanks for having right. me. All right. See ya. Thanks, Paul. Good night. And well, that was we, a nice surprise. Yeah, and and in all honesty, I, I mean, obviously, we maybe would have promoted it, but uh, <laughs> he just. Uh, <laughs> I heard that helps when you promote Paul Macbeth coming on your podcast. More people watch, apparently. But, but for us, 
We're already so big. We just secretly have him on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep it low-key. No, That's in right. all seriousness, uh, it, it was them that reached out in the middle of uh, talking to Chris and said you know, they would, uh, he would jump on and give a little update and insight because we haven't had him in a while, and yeah. we obviously appreciate it. Big shout-out. Dan Harback comes in and says, 2022 Player of the Year, six-time World's Champ. Man, I mean, that, that could be Juliana Corver. That could be Paige, Paige Pierce. Pierce. Paul McBath. That could be Paul McBath, but I, I, th- I think you're po- you're pulling for the last guest. That would only make sense. So, uh, very very cool. Oh, it's called a cameo. Thank you, the sidekick. We we appreciate that. Uh, awesome. Uh, I think with that we can call the regular show just so we can uh, take a breath yeah. for a moment, and then we'll, we have plenty of other topics that we, we can more get disc into golf to talk uh, in our after show. But uh, yeah, it's been a heck of a night. We have so many viewers that are all in here uh, taking it all in thank you guys for joining us as always you know do all those youtube things we requ- we request like share subscribe whatever you want to do uh we appreciate you guys all being here so and if smash you're not- that subscribe button <laughs> ring that bell <laughs> destroy it that's smash what we, that's it what that's what, what they say do. yep okay um in all seriousness, here's uh, how the format normally works. If you're new here, uh, typically we have one or two guests on uh, for our, what is our regular show. Then we will uh, kind of wrap things up just for Take 90 a- to two minutes, 90 yeah. seconds to two minutes, uh, where we'll officially run some credits. And then we come right back. You don't have to click on anything else. We come right back. We have what's called an after show. That's where we even more uh, enthusiastically react to things that come in from the chat boards. We also have a giveaway every single week. We have at least a giveaway. Uh, we'll be doing that tonight as well, as always. And um, in the after show, sometimes... Things are not disc golf related, and that's okay. So if you're not signed up or on board for that, uh, well, then you can just sign off now. But you'll stick around because we'll probably say something stupid, or at least Johnny will. 100% guarantee one of the two of us will say something stupid or offensive. (laughs) All right. We're going to close it out. Huge, huge thanks to Brittany and Chris Dickerson uh, getting some insight and knowledge and, and the what 2022 has in store for them and all the exciting opportunities and this newest contract with him uh just love to hear the details so thank you and of course again thank you to hannah and paul mcbath for joining us uh here in the show stick around we'll be back in just a few minutes for the after show for johnny v and terry miller the disc golf guy we'll see you in a moment when you step inside the smash box thank you to our two dollar and above patrons your name is listed below in the credits If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market